Hi. It's great to be here with you on this Friday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. We're in high-level negotiations with my son <laughs> before the show. I mean, he. I mean, he, he will make a politician or a lead oh, negotiator. Oh, he, oh, he's gonna, whatever, whatever he wants. Well, listen, whatever he wants to be, he will be it. And uh, may God help you if you're running against him, because you will lose either, I, either, either, either by either by sheer mental, uh, you know, fortitude or physicality. Yeah, you pick. Yeah, he, he will. He will. He will battle you in a physical challenge. It's, it's, it's fine. Speaking of negotiating, a lot of it going on last night uh, in the draft. Ben, we'll get to that. Ryan Green, ten ten XL in Jacksonville with Jordan's Jags go. Uh, number one overall with Trayvon Walker, Demetrius Harvey, Big Cat Country will join us. We'll also hear from Max Starks, uh, former Florida Gator, former uh, two-time, well, not four, he is a, a former, he is a two-time Super Bowl champion, uh, offensive tackle with the Steelers. We saw certainly a run on tackles last night. He will join us on the program in the final hour of the show. But Ben, your reactions uh, a, a day later, the Jags, Take Trayvon Walker. That was not, I think, a big shock. As the days got closer, people said, nope, that's who it's going to be. But they moved back up into the first round and took a linebacker, Devin Lloyd, out of Utah at number 27 to bolster uh, the defensive side of things. And apparently I'm getting, like, drop-offs now. I'll like, take one. I don't know what that, that is. What is that? Because Christian just Whatever used, that bring, is, what I'll is, take one. Listen, I, I brought lunch today, and I needed a sauce. And so I wanted a sauce, and I went and purchased it from a, a restaurant, but I felt bad about just, like, purchasing, like, a dollar worth of stuff. And so I bought a large sweet tea. Okay. And so whichever one of y'all wants that, y'all just y'all figure that I, I out. But, you know, just blessing. care about you guys. You guys sweet, tea is, sweet tea is what I drink. I do not drink unsweet tea, but that's guys, called dirty water. You guys yeah. worked hard yesterday, so I'm just dropping uh, off a sweet okay. tea in the middle there. Whichever one of y'all want that, y'all take it. Okay, I'm we, nice. Hey, we appreciate it. I show. I show, didn't I show, filled up on sauce in the draft last night. I did. I, I, did, I, I, I did. I did fill up on sauce last night, and, and, and I thought Christian was finna give me that drink, and then he hit me with the oh, that's that's not my no. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is this. Okay, Kevin, you said something last night that that threw me off, not from a standpoint of where he went. Derek Stingley Jr. went number three overall, right? A guy that similar to Jamar Chase had to play two years of yeah. football because he peaked. I would say as a team. And as a player in 2019 when he was a true freshman, he goes three, Sauce Gardner. I mean, I don't know if Sauce Gardner had an NIL deal or whatever he had, but he was he was, he was was iced sure. up. But you talk about Drake London, you know, going number eight to Atlanta. And I was thinking, oh, here go Atlanta again. Five guys, five receivers go after him and, and not too far after him when you talk about Gary Wilson and Olave, you know, uh, and Bowen, and you talk about uh, Traylon, Traylon Burks and so on and so forth. But then the University of Georgia. We knew that Georgia was going to be a headliner in this thing. You know, you, you start, started with uh, Trayvon Walker. You end up with scene. You talk about Jordan Davis. You talk about, you know, uh, you know why those guys. Nicole Dean didn't go. They would have had six potentially, uh, you know, in the, in the uh, first round. One quarterback, Kevin, one. So much talk about Malik Davis. So much talk about maybe Desmond Ritter maybe sneaking in. Number 20, Pittsburgh. I mean, literally – you got Kenny Pickett. He, I mean, he plays in the same stadium in college, which is weird. I'm playing the same stadium in college. I'm playing in the, you know, in the National Football League. Aiden Hutchinson, he's kind of not local, but keeping it in state, going from Ann Arbor to Detroit. But, uh, Kevin, as much as we think we know, I, I I, didn't see it being six receivers. I think it ended up being six receivers and four four cornerbacks, two safeties. So that's – well, that's six and six. You got four, six DBs, six, six. And two receivers. wide receivers got traded. Two, two uh, wide, yeah. two wide. 
yeah, uh, Marquis Marquis Hollywood Brown gets traded from uh, Baltimore to uh, you know to Arizona, and obviously my Tennessee Titans trade AJ Brown, the Brown brothers, uh, you know, from uh, Tennessee over to um, you know uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles. The draft is crazy because Kevin, it's only ten minutes, right? It's the longest ten minutes. I'm like, come on, like ten minutes became three hours and thirty minutes real quick, real quick. But I, I do think it lived up to it. I do think that sometimes. These hype trains that we see, the, the New England Patriots, they don't, they don't want, they don't look at mock drafts. They don't care about none of that, none of it. But I, I, I think all in all, Kevin, the Ravens got better with Kyle Hamilton. Uh, you know, Jermaine Johnson is one of the best stories in that being a guy that was on Netflix on Last Chance You, going from you know junior college to Georgia to, to, to uh, you know to a to a team like um Florida State, to a team like you know Florida State. But then two former. Well, two former considerably uh, number one overall picks and Kayvon Thibodeau, Evan Neal, both go to the Giants. Both go to the Giants. I mean, I, we're going to get to who had the best draft, but all in all, it lived up to it. It's why we love the National Football. But you, when we when we put in our top ten, you had Darius Stingley. I'm like, Darius Stingley ain't going number three. Number three overall pick, Darius Stingley. I'm like. I got lucky. What can I say? No, I, 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 you know, no. it, but, but I will say this. If you are a team like the Jets, you said we want sauce. Right, we want Sauce Gardner. Went out there and got him. If you're a team like Pittsburgh, who hasn't had to draft a first round quarterback since <laughs> 2004 draft class with being being Roethlisberger, 18 years later, Kevin, that's a. That, if I gave you something and I said, listen, Kevin, I'm gonna pay you for 18 years, man, and that's a pretty good freaking investment. I don't care if it's a job, opportunity. I don't know. I don't think I've done uh, 18. It's been 18 twice. That's what I've done in my lifetime. So I just think that. I think a certain teams, certain teams did get better. Certain teams are head scratchers. But uh, listen, a lot of receivers, a lot of DBs. Um, in the the, the old lineman finally started coming off the board. Uh, I I still think you got some quality picks at the D line position. One, you know. Uh, but all in all, Kevin, I think it lived up to the building. I mean, I couldn't really hit the booze like I wanted to. Yeah. Derek Carr got a freaking mohawk. He yeah. Got I mean, I I, th- I mean, I was kind of disappointed. Ice Cube hit us with the yay yay when he came out there. But no, no, it, it was in Vegas. But I, I will say this: day two is going to be crazy because you're gonna get some big time talent in the second and third round. Yeah, there's a lot of guys still sitting out there that weren't even close to going. And, and as you said, there were Nicobe Dean. People were at one point saying, "Oh, this guy's a lock, first round draft uh, pick," and he's not. He's going to be on a, uh, a second round, most likely second round uh, draft pick. But uh, but just goes to show you never know how the draft unfolds. And before we get into obviously. What the Jags did with Ryan Green. Let's look at the look at the Falcons because I, they drafted Drake London, and you and Christian both kind of in that in that moment said missed opportunity, had yeah. opportunities, and, and, and again I, I said in the moment to you last night, I was like, is this going to be the draft where we go back and remember who was on the board that you didn't take versus who you did take? And you said, look, when they pull up the wide receiver, I mean, Jamison Williams went top ten. Yes. When you when you put when you pull up the wide receiver, and this I think what got a lot of people frustrated with the pick is you were the first team to take a wide receiver. And I've seen people today, Ben say, well, there was five other wide yes. receivers taken to trade for that justifies what you did. I, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but the first thing you pulled up on the draft profile, and I guess it just matters if you think it's important or, or not was it wasn't separation. It nope. wasn't good route running. Nope. It was 50, 50 balls. Well, what does 50, 50 balls mean? Uh, it was that and catch radius. Okay, that means he's tall, and he's going to try to win a lot of jump balls. That's not separation. That's not good route running. That is 
When we need a catch, we're just going to throw one up, and we think he can make it. He wins the 50-50 balls more than 50%. Is that who you want to take at number eight is a guy who is not necessarily going to be the fastest guy in the draft, is not known, hey, if you're not the fastest guy in the draft, can you run yourself open? I mean, I saw a lot of game tape uh, they were showing in the draft where he wasn't running open. Nope. He was stopping and jumping, and it was just, hey, I'm 6'5", I'm going to beat you. You told me last night, and I was, again, I, I asked this all in the light of day because people say stuff in the moment and you sleep on it. You told me last night and say 6'5 is good in college. You can't just out-jump people at 6'5 in the NFL and think you're going to win all the time. It's got to be more than that. Do you think that's still the case? Or do you think, hey, you need somebody that can score points in the red zone, 6'5 jump, that's a guy that should be able to do that for you in the red zone. He's not going to put the lid off, but he should be able to win in, in the close ball red zone situations. Is that still, given that Jameson Williams out there, Chris Olave, who was running a blazing fast time, and some of those guys were there, do you still think it was a poor picture? They have taken another wide receiver. Where are you at here today? I still think they should have took another wide receiver. I can't respect the fact that they knew what was coming. They was like, well, we, we had to get the guy we coveted because I think what he is is he's more, not, 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 not necessarily like ability, but he looks kind of like Kyle Pitts. He just plays receiver. And I think what happens is when you think about it, Kevin, too, you mentioned, you know, I mean, Alave. I mean, he goes to freaking New Orleans. He is going to terrorize in that defense, I mean, in that offense. You talk about a guy like Traylon Burks is obviously replacing A.J. You know, AJ Brown. I mean, you talk about a guy like James Williams. James Williams was a first-team All-American. Now, I will say this. At one point, Garrett Wilson, Alave, and Williams was all in the same – that's all Ohio State until, obviously, Williams moves on uh, to play at, at Alabama. I don't like guys that are just better than the competition in college. That's not, that's not going to be the case. I think about this. Okay. The Jets are playing the Falcons. Sauce Gardner is six three. Uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, London. I'm, I'm sorry, Lon- London is uh six five. He's got to get open first. Like these dude, this notion. Of, I'm just gonna throw it to him. I give you, I give you a one, Calvin Johnson. I am not ca- uh, comparing Drake London to Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson was six five. He could jump out the gym. He was also the fast guy on the field. He also could run routes. So he was everything, but he was also six five two thirty. Drake London is tall. Drake London can jump. I didn't see one route that Drake London was just out routing people. You think you're going to just get open on Jalen Ramsey? People say, why you say? Because those are the best. Xavier Howard, Stephon Gilmore, Diggs. Those dudes are going to say, look, man, you already, you know, look like you play for the Hawks more than you play for the Falcons. I just think for me, Kevin, is I played football a long time, but we all know it when we see it, right? We all know it when we see it. Drake London had almost 1,000 yards, and he missed half the season last year. And every highlight they showed was seemingly against Notre Dame. Every time, every route, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Great. Notre Dame also lost to Cincinnati, and that's taking nothing away from Cincinnati or Notre Dame. For me, Kevin, I'm saying they showed Vincent Jackson. Let, let me tell y'all something. Drake London is not Vincent Jackson. Oh, it's, it's, no, Vincent Jackson is making number, one-handed catches because that's what the coverage dictated. Not Vincent Jackson ain't doing a whole bunch of 50-50 balls. He did it for the then San Diego Chargers. And, and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Drake London was going to go first round. He was going to go first round. I just think for my money, you want I want a guy that can run routes, fast, elusive, command out those breaks. Williams, Alave, and, and Jerry Wilson, all those dudes fit the bill. Because Traylon Burks is a big body, but he ain't he ain't routing people up. We'll see what happens, Kevin, but I just think, listen, I got to just trust the Terry Fontenot. 
understands what it is, and then we'll just go from there. Because, because in my opinion, we got. I say this to Christian. I'm gonna say it again. We all got family members, right? We don't get to pick them. They're just a part of the family tree. So right now, he's Atlanta Falcon. You know, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. But Kevin, you know, just like I know, when it comes time for him to make a play, and then you and you know that the best receivers, you know where the ball's going. Like, oh, they finna throw it to Diggs. They finna throw it, you know, uh, to, to Tyreek Hill. They finna throw it to Devontae Adams. And they still get open. Them DBs gonna say, ain't no way. Because he doesn't do anything fast. Like, people go, I ain't never seen Tyreek Hill. You see him one time, oh, that's that fast what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, that Devontae Adams, that's the dude you said go, yeah. With, with Drake London, it's like. You, I'm just saying a lot of his tape was him out jumping guys. And yes. Now, again, 50-50 balls are important, but as the number one attribute, I, I don't know if that's what I'm looking for there at, at, at number eight from the Atlanta Falcons. We'll talk more about that as we go throughout the, uh, the draft. The Jags were right there at number one. They got Trayvon Walker. They traded up back into the first round and got a linebacker out of Utah, Devin Lloyd, at 27. We'll chat with Ryan Green, 1010XL. What's the reception like there in Jacksonville? He'll join us next. Here on 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Getting ready for day two of the draft. Day one, a lot of excitement there in the top of the first round. Jags take Trayvon Walker, number one, then trade back up into the first round for Devin Lloyd, linebacker out of Utah there at number 27. Joining us here to talk about the Jags and their first day in the draft from 1010XL in Jacksonville, Ryan Green joins us. Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Kevin, Ben, I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, we appreciate you coming on and joining us. Trayvon Walker, obviously, it started out Aiden Hutchinson, maybe months ago, Evan Neal, but as it progressed towards the uh, the draft, uh, weeks in, you kind of got the sense that Trent Baalke really liked Trayvon Walker. That's who the Jags go with. Was that a Trent Baalke call at the end of the day to, to make that final decision? Uh, they'll tell you it wasn't. They'll tell you it was a collaborative effort. They've said that last night and then again at their press conference earlier today. Collaborative effort between owner Shad Khan, head coach Doug Peterson, and, of course, general manager Trent Baalke. Uh, but it certainly looks like it's a Baalke pick. Uh, all the comparisons to Alden Smith, who Baalke, of course, took in San Francisco. Uh, look, the bottom line is I think Trayvon Walker is a very, very good player. I'm excited to have him here in Jacksonville. But I was on the idea there's been so much nonsense here in Jacksonville so many swings and misses here in Jacksonville I was willing to take the quote-unquote safer pick the more solid pick which I believe was Aiden Hutchinson I think a lot of Jaguar fans were on that line of thinking hopefully we're wrong because it is definitely a mixed bag today with the reaction of Trayvon Walker being a Jaguar and Ryan we think about a guy like uh you know like Walker, I mean, he provides a level of versatility. I mean, obviously they say he's going to play the defensive end position, outside linebacker position, I guess, you know, with uh, with the Jags because obviously if you can get to the quarterback, that's going to help you, uh, you know, transition better in the National Football League. But when you look at that, when you look at the fact that, you know, they go out there and get a guy like Devin Lord, when you look at what they did in the offseason with this young defense, Jared Allen, you know, I mean, I mean uh, you got Allen on the other side. How good could this young defense be? And they seem to be wanting to do it with a couple of savvy veterans and uh, trying to do it through the draft. Yeah, Ben, I'm not going to go and say this is going to be Saxonville of 2017 again, but if you look potential at their front seven, man, they got some guys, man. Olicon from, from Atlanta, the leading tackler, is now a Jaguar. You mentioned Devin Lloyd. He was, by most indications, the top inside linebacker prospect in the draft. The Jaguars were able to get him at 27. You now team Trevon Walker 
with Josh Allen. The Jaguars just picked up the fifth-year option on Josh Allen. You got other role players like Roy Robertson-Harris, Malcolm Brown, Devon Hamilton, Dewan Smoot. They signed Arden Key. Arden Key, a very low-key, no pun intended, signing. The dude had six sacks last year in San Francisco. Jacksonville signs him a month and a half ago, only has to pay him $6 million a year. So the Jaguars on their roster already have three guys in the NFL that had six sacks or more in the NFL last year. There's 12 playoff teams from last year that cannot say that about this upcoming season. Now you add Trevon Walker to that. So there's cautious optimism because we've certainly been fooled here in the past. But on paper, guys, that defensive front seven potentially could be pretty good for quite some time. And as you mentioned there, uh, Ryan, they, they trade back up into the first round to get Devin Lloyd at linebacker, given the runs on tackles, DNs, wide receivers. Was there a need to do that? Could they have stayed right there with the first pick tonight and still got him? They were concerned, Kevin, that uh, New England was going to take him at 29. Um, and look, what did they what did they move to get rid to, to to get Devin Lloyd? They gave up 33, but those basically cancel each other out. They got 27. Tampa Bay got 33. They give up 106 and 180. So all right, so if you're going to lose a fourth round pick, and what is that? Uh, their second fifth round pick to get a guy that, by most people's indications, is the top inside linebacker prospect in the draft. I'm okay with that. And the reason I'm okay with that is Jacksonville doesn't do that. Jacksonville doesn't trade up very often back into the first round to take another high prospect. So it's something different. And down here, after covering the Jaguars through this decade of awfulness, anything different is good. And last night was different because they made a move to get back into round one. So I'm very excited about the Devin Lloyd draft pick. Ryan, when you think about this Jacksonville team, I mean, having a guy like Doug Peters at the head coach, you get a chance to have a, a year or two for a guy like Trevor Lawrence is hopefully going to be a lot less uh, strenuous with everything he had to deal with with Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow, and Chris Doyle, and, you know, and so on and so forth. They're going defense right now early. Day two, where do you see this Jaguars team going? Are they adding depth to some of these young guys, or do they go back to the offensive side of the ball and, you know, maybe they add maybe they add another running back because they don't know if they're going to keep James Robinson or the health of, of Trevor, I mean, uh, Travis Eaton. How do you see day two, day two looking for the Jags? Yeah, Ben, I certainly think offense needs to be addressed tonight. they got two picks tonight, uh, number 65 and number 70 overall. So I think uh, at least one of those will be spent on the offense. But keep in mind, what this team did in free agency. I understand how the money looks, and I get the conversation out there, but they brought in Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Brandon Sheriff, and they get Travis Etienne back, who didn't play last year. Those are four weapons that Trevor Lawrence will have this year that he did not have last year. So you add that to uh, the extension they just gave Cam Robinson. You add that to James Robinson, hopefully going to be 100% with that Achilles injury. And if James Robinson and Travis Etienne are good to go, and if Christian Kirk is the guy they believe he is, and you team him up with Marvin Jones, you team him up with Zay Jones, you team him up with LaVisca Chenault, you have a two-tight end set of Dan Arnold and Evan Ingram, that's good for the Jaguars. That is much better an offensive roster than Jacksonville has had in quite some time. So I don't know if they're going to go wide receiver tonight. That's the position... A lot of people here in Jacksonville, guys want them to go, but I always follow the money. And the money they spent in free agency with Kirk 
Zay Jones and Evan Ingram, leads me to believe that they feel better about that position maybe than the fan base does. Tonight, I think it's about the lines of scrimmage. Maybe another interior offensive lineman, maybe another interior defensive lineman gets some bulk on the lines of scrimmage here in Jacksonville. Ryan Green, 1010XL, joining us here on 3 and Out. Ryan, what kind of value do you think they get? Because, uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I could have overlooked something there, but by moving up, they don't have a second-round pick, right? They're going to they have to wait to the third round. They have a couple of picks there, but they're going to have to wait a little while tonight unless they move up into the second, right? Yeah, that's right. They have the first pick around three, which is 65, and then they have the 70th pick uh, because they absolutely fleeced Carolina last year in the C.J. Henderson deal. Uh, Trent Baalke gets ridiculed down here nonstop. He won that deal. They got Dan Arnold at number 70 for C.J. Henderson, and C.J. Henderson's doing uh, less than nothing up there in Carolina right now. So as a result of that trade, they got two picks. But again, you're right, they lost a second-rounder, but they got Devin Lloyd. And who knows if Devin Lloyd would have been there at 33. So I almost think that cancels out. You got Walker in the fold. You got Lloyd in the fold. You're going to have to wait to see how things fall. But come the beginning of round three, they have two of the top six picks in round three tonight, which should be two starters. If you're drafted in the top 70 of the NFL draft, you should either be a starter or a guy that plays an awful lot. So they need to hit on those two picks tonight. Brian, what is the mood uh, you know, today in Jacksonville? I mean, obviously, you know, having back-to-back number one overall picks, everybody knew it was going to be Trevor Lawrence last year. You knew this year. Started off Evan Neal, then you're talking about Aiden Hutchinson, then, you know, a week before the draft or so, you know, you, you get a guy like Javon Walker, it ends up being the pick. You talk about a guy like Devin Lloyd. You talk about what they've done in the offseason. With the offseason included yesterday, and obviously you got day two today, what is the mood like today in Jacksonville? Ben, you'd think it would be a lot more positive, but it's not. And I understand it. Look, this fan base has been through the black hole, the abyss of NFL football. I mean, they have they've been the worst organization in football over the last 15 years. Their only playoff appearance since 2007 was in 2017. So the, the fan base is always looking at the negative, and you can't say that you blame them because they've been put through the ringer so many times by this organization. So I like the moves the organization has done. I think football guys, former players that I've talked to, they like the moves that the organization has done. The fan base is tired of the, uh, the nonsense, I'll say, on terrestrial radio. They want to see it for themselves come the fall. So there is a very, very cautious optimism, if not still a little bit of negativity, about this team until they see better results on the field. Uh, and again... Trent Baalke, you mentioned his probably overarching a hand in that first pick. Uh, is this a little chance for him to revive himself? I know since he's been in the fold, there was Urban Meyer. There was all the stuff that went on last year. How do you kind of get rid of that? And and is he trying to get a little renewed faith? Because his resume, obviously, uh, doesn't look all that great when you go back through his time as a general manager. Yeah, I, I think the Trent Baalke thing, look, I, I mean, his name could have been John Smith. His name could have been, you know, John Doe. The bottom line is he was the last remaining person here from an awful regime of the last two years. And I think some of the criticism Balky got was probably unfair. But again, every, people wanted a clean sweep. People here in Jacksonville, the fan base wanted everybody gone and completely start anew. Urban Meyer was gone. Dave Caldwell was gone. But Trent Balky remained. And because Trent Balky remained, all the venom all the negativity, 
all of the awfulness that this fan base has endured went right on to Balky because he was the last guy standing. So he got crushed. I mean, fans dressed up in clown costumes at the end of last year, for crying out loud. He got crushed. But look at his draft last year. We think Trevor Lawrence is going to be good. We don't know about ETN, but hopefully he comes back healthy and is good as well. Walker Little played a little bit last year, did some nice things. Andre Sisco at safety, same thing. Tyson Campbell, the corner, was probably their most improved player from the start of the year till the end of the year. Now he goes into free agency, gets an all-pro in Brandon Sheriff, gets what I think is going to be a great player in Christian Kirk. Now you go into the draft, get a Travon Walker and a Devin Lloyd. It's not trendy. It's not popular to compliment anything Trent Balky does here in Jacksonville. But i got to tell you guys, on paper, I like what I'm seeing to this point. We'll obviously hope that continues. Ryan, finally, I mean, I was always told that you play, you, uh, you build your team to either be the best team in the division or to beat the best team in the division. Obviously, the best team in the division right now is the Titans, even though they got rid of, you know, a guy like A.J. Brown for Traylon Burks. You look at Matty Ice, he's up there, the, the, the signal caller in, uh, you know, with the Colts. And, I mean, I still don't know who the quarterback is for Houston. With all the moves they're making, obviously they still got some more moves to make with Trainer Camp approaching. How much can this team improve, you know, in year two under, with a guy like Trevor Lawrence? And I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but can they at least tread water in this division this year? Oh, I think so, Ben. I mean, as, as awful as last year was with Urban Meyer, and it was awful, they tripled their win total from the year before. They had one win in 2020. They had three wins last year. I mean, that's not going to continue because if it does, they're a nine-win football team and probably in a wild-card spot. But even if this team wins six or seven games this year, that'll be you know head above water for a majority of the season. Where the Jaguars are fortunate is the AFC South, arguably, is the worst division in football. Maybe the NFC South will be in that conversation. The AFC South is clearly the worst division in the AFC. So it's not going to take all that long to be competitive in that division. Can they be competitive this year? Yeah, I think they can be. Get me to Thanksgiving. Let me play competitive football with games that matter until Thanksgiving. Sad as that is to say, that will be an improvement here in Jacksonville. Ryan Green, 1010XL, our guest here on 3 Not Ryan, a pleasure. Thanks much. Hey, fellas, have a great weekend. Take care. We'll do. Ryan Green, 1010XL, joining us here on the program as Jacksonville goes defense and defense, moving back up into round number one. This is 3 and Out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network, streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Good to have you here on this Friday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, draft day two coming up when we are done here on 3 and Out, Ben. Draft day, always, as you said in the open, hey, there's going to be surprises. There's going to be the head-scratching moments. There's going to be the what? What just happened? Six wide receivers get taken in the first round, Ben. Two more get traded Mm -hmm. in order to facilitate picks Mm -hmm. in the first round. As I heard someone say, A.J. Brown was traded to the Eagles so that the Titans could draft A.J. Brown Jr. Come on. Essentially. Yep. So uh, I know Ben is always it's a bit of mantra of yours since you mentioned they are looking for a reason to get rid of you oh, yeah. and get cheaper and younger, and that's what the Titans did. But six wide receivers in the first round. The first round, and I said this earlier, you want to know what the NFL values? Look at the first round of the draft. This year, didn't have it there, but so we only had one quarterback. What was like 90% of the other picks, Ben? Not, wide receivers, mm-hmm. 
corners. Yep. Offensive tackles. Yep. And defensive ends. So yep. the guys who catch the ball, the yep. guys who keep them from catching the ball, the guys who block for the quarterback, and the dry, guys who try to get there was most of the first round. Ain't much surprise. There were not a lot of tight ends and running backs yep. and linebackers uh, taken there in round number one. It's not only about it's not only about that you uh, that you get drafted. It's 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 like you said. It's when it's what draft you are a part of. I said six. I said man, they got six wide receivers starting with Drake London, and then you get the trickle effect. Three of those guys. With uh, Williams, Olave, and, and Wilson, all those guys, well, at one point at Ohio State. Then you got Bolton from Penn State, and obviously you got Traylon Burks from, from, uh, from Arkansas. Then you start talking about the cornerbacks. Stingley, Walker, McDuffie, Elam. They go four. Up, you get, you get signed. Then you get, uh, then you get uh, Kyle Hamilton. So they go, so they go four, four DBs, and two, well, six DBs, but you got four cornerbacks, two safeties. We said this. Everybody will say, if you can't get a quarterback, what you want to get? I want to get guys that that rush the quarterback. If you can't get that left tackle, and I think Kevin, you know, and think think about the Giants. The Giants got both. They got Kayvon Thibodeau, and they got Evan Neal. That is a draft because you are addressing one, and who they gonna go up against against each other now? Kayvon. And kind of the surprise of the, of the whole deal is been as you said, not that they got Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau because they are great players. Mm-hmm. You had two picks in the top ten. You better get somebody good. But I think the, the larger point that not a lot of people are talking about was at one point throughout this process, and I say throughout this process as early as December, Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal were widely thought of to be the best players in the draft and or the number one pick in the draft. And you got both of them. Yep. Two guys who people thought could be the best player in the yep, draft yep. or could go number one overall, and you got both of them going to the same team. That is a heck of a job there by New York uh, to get it done. Think about marketing for a second, though, Kevin. Oregon, big brand. Kayvon Thibodeau, big brand ambassador. Alabama, the biggest brand in college football. Go to, go, go to a place like New York. These are marketable people. I got two number one, I got two first-round picks, top ten picks. You don't think that kind of stuff matters? Yep. Or can can you can listen? One, can you sell tickets? Check. Can you sell jerseys? Check. Can you sell TV ads? Check. Check. <laughs> check. Kayvon Thibodeau is is very very brand conscious. Evan Neal, remember when he was the consistent number one overall pick, and now both of those guys end up in New York. I I was very impressed with some of these teams. I did not see it. I did not see it being six receivers. And I think what happens is Kevin. This is what the draft really is. Trayvon, Tra- you know, Trayvon Walker goes number one. Oh, oh. The, the pick is already in for Detroit. Let's get him. You got to, you got, you got, you take a guy in uh, Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan. He gets to go from Ann Arbor to Detroit, right? You get a guy in Kyle Hamilton, right? I get to go from Notre Dame to Baltimore, right? These, these, they trying to, Notre Dame, Baltimore, big brands. You talk about a guy in Traylon Burks, I get to go from Arkansas, SEC, down to Nashville. So, I, so it's not going to be that big of a transition. Plus, I just think that for me, what was impressive the most is Kevin. You got really, really good quality. You talking about DNs? Jermaine, Jermaine Johnson. He was, he was supposed to go top ten. He went like in the twenties. I, I just think, no matter what, DN tackles and and the, and, the, and the perimeter. Why? You talk about them cornerbacks. You talk about them receivers. You talk about these hyper safety. Sign benefited from going to a place like Georgia. But no, Kevin. I mean, you're right. All the talk about quarterbacks. How many quarterbacks will end up going? one? And and they had the best seat in the house for the last five, six years for a guy in Kenny Pickett. 
So the first round, it didn't go as planned as I thought, but I knew that Sauce Gardner was going to be a high pick. I knew that uh, Derek Stingley Jr. was going to be a high pick. Then I see them going three and four. Because at one point, Kevin, I was like, are they gonna, are, are we, are we going to get any uh, offensive guys? Because at one point, it was all defense. Defensive end, defensive end, corner, corner. So I – you know, then you go back to defensive end. So I do think that when you look at when you, when we look back at this draft, obviously you got to judge it uh, down the line. These receivers was big time, and they and they you go first round because people think you're not going to be that second round. That's how you go first round because still got some big time talent. Kenny Pickett was not the guy I thought would go to Pittsburgh. I thought it would have end up being Malik Malik Willis. It wasn't. N'Kobe Dean for Georgia hasn't gotten drafted yet. I mean, the New England Patriots don't care about – I don't care how y'all feel. I mean, not only is the pick strange, the last name of the yeah. player is strange. But, 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 and this is what I, I saw some people in Boston saying, like, oh, the Patriots are done, they're over enough. But it's like – you got, and I get it, you could say, you know, it's Tom Brady, but it's not like the Patriots had horrendous defenses either while Tom Brady was there. And they were uh, – Bill. Uh, to me, if I'm a Boston fan, you come off sounding spoiled and ridiculous – when you're saying the Patriot way is gone, it's over, and that was a horrible pick. We, we saw a, a columnist, I forget his name, so my apologies, I'm not giving you credit, say, hey, absolutely horrible pick. And then on Twitter came back and said, hey, if Strange makes 10 Pro Bowls, it doesn't matter. You don't make that pick there. No, no, no. If he makes 10 Pro Bowls, that that justifies why you exactly. did it. Not the other way around. Yes. You don't look, go back and say, it doesn't matter what you do, you shouldn't have done it. No, if you believe that's what he can do, that's what you should do. And that's why I think sometimes, Ben, we on the outside look at it and say, how do you draft a guy there? Because I wanted him. I can't believe you could have got him in the third round. Could you? Yeah, exactly. That, I mean, that, 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 that's, the, that's the game you play with a draft. How do you know what somebody else wants and values later? That's a guy I know can play. I went and got him. Time will tell whether that was a bust or not. But I always get frustrated when people are like, and how do you look at Bill Belichick and say, you can't do it no more? Like, excuse me? It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, did did the Patriots make the playoffs last year? Yes. With a rookie. Okay. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there because because oh, if and, you're going to write and, a column and, 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 saying Bill Belichick and the drafting and get, philosophy is past his time, they were in the playoffs with a rookie and, quarterback. And, and, I mean, and, and, and the thing about Bill Belichick is this. Bill Belichick goes, look, man, this is why I don't look at the mock drafts. This is why I don't. I trust my scouting. And, hey, I, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on you know Facebook. I'm not on social media because I won pre I won pre, probably pre-internet. Forget social media and Bill Belichick goes, I'm the one got to coach him. I don't I don't worry about the the time machines and the male coppers and, but, and, but, and the But ben, yeah, isn't Bill Belichick kind of the modern ambassador or, or, or father of full roster utilization? Like, we see teams like Kansas City and Tampa Bay a little bit doing some of these things where it's like, I don't care if it says DN next to your name on our team webpage. If you can come in and give me a couple of reps at fullback, if I can get you uh, a wide receiver to come in and play nickel corner in a strange situation, why? Because you know the route tree and we can tell. Like, he has got, he was kind of the one that started some of that, Ben, where it's like, I know what it says next to your name. You are a football player, and this is how we're going to use you in a specialized situation. And I think Bill Belichick, if anybody in the National Football League has the benefit of the doubt, it's the guy that can hold up both hands and start blinging rings around and say, Tom Brady or not, I took a rookie quarterback and we got in the playoffs. Don't act like Bill Belichick doesn't know what he's doing and the draft philosophy because he didn't take a big-name guy. Because you look at it and say, man, you took a guy from UT Chattanooga. Or it was as uh, as that's what, yeah, 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 took a guy uh-huh, from yes. UTC uh-huh, in yes. the first round. Yes. So would you have been 
you know, bearish on taking a Randy Moss? Would you have been bearish on taking a T.O.? If you thought, I mean, I mean, these are guys that, would you have been bearish? Jerry Rice, who is that? And I get, don't let the school and where he was taken distract yes. from the fact that he could turn out to be a good player. And to make a statement like, if he makes 10 Pro Bowls, I'm going to still say I'm right. It's stupid and asinine. It's like, that. that why would you say that? If, if I draft a guy anywhere in the draft and he makes 10 Pro Bowls, I'm a genius. I don't care if he was number one overall. If he makes 10 Pro Bowls, that was a great pick. If I get Mr. Irrelevant and he makes 10 Pro Bowls, that was a great pick. Because you're going to call me and say, oh, man, he found a diamond in the rough. How about I just know how my, as you said, Ben, how about I just know talent evaluation? Just because a guy went to UTC is going to play interior line doesn't mean he's not going to be a good player for us and get the job done. I think if anybody gets the benefit of the doubt, it's that guy. Uh, and, and Bill Belichick and what the, the the Patriot way has got a lot of winning under its belt under Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick is the essential. Re- him and Tom Brady are the essential reason why the New England Patriots are what they are. The most, the most, uh, the most uh, Super Bowls at one point with the Pittsburgh Steelers was six. New England has six, and they want them all under Bill Belichick. They want them all. They ain't go to all of them under Bill Belichick. They want them all under Bill Belichick. Sean McVay has one. Andy Reid has one. Doug Peterson has one. Harbaugh has one. Tomlin has one. Right? That's five guys. That, that's five guys together. Don't got it. Uh, Aaron. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has one. So that goes six different. That goes six different players or, or coaches that have. That's how many I got. That's not how many Super Bowls I've been to. That's how many I got. How many Super Bowls you went to? Oh, I went to. Uh, I'm sorry. I went to nine of them. What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, went to, I went to nine. I won six. I lost three. I win the division like every other year. So while people going crazy about Buffalo, tell Buffalo to show me their rings. Oh, that's right. They don't have any. So, yes, Kevin, you are right. You got to in, – listen, in the words of my granddaddy, you got to know who you're talking to. Bill Belichick is still that dude because if he wasn't, why why, why, why you think Tyree Hill is in Miami? Oh, I'm sorry, Parker that was in Miami, he's now in New England. So they're going to say, hey, man, you might not like the Patriot way because, you know, you might not like our methods. But, boy, our results work. Yeah. I, good, so yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, stay away from Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick said the reason why I don't wear the rings because it's, it's weighing my hands <laughs> yeah. down at this point. i got to be able to move my hands around. i got too many. we got more to come here on 3 and Out. Take 3 coming up next hour. Also, Demetrius Harvey, Big Cat Country, will join us. Max Starks in the final hour. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Find us streaming live at ESPNCoastal.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Good to have you back here on this Friday. Kevin and Ben, we'll get to take three. Demetrius Harvey next hour going to join us as well after a wild first day of the draft. What in the world will day two bring us here from the NFL draft? We'll get to that coming up in hour number two. Max Stark's going to join us in the final hour. Two-time Super Bowl champion and his Pittsburgh Steelers, the only team to take a quarterback there in the first round. We'll have Braves baseball later tonight as well, Ben, as we got like 30 seconds. Good to see Ronnie Baseball, Ronald Acuna back out there, got a hit, a couple of stolen bases, and the Braves get that dub with Acuna back in the lineup. Listen, when Acuna, when Acuna was walking into the arena with the, with, the, with the trigger tray on, you already knew what it was, Kevin. He it was just over, brings that done. different spark. Listen, Dansby Mansby getting back to it. Adam Duvall, my Bravos finally won the series. Yeah, 5-1, to one, get that series win. They've got the Milwaukee Brewers, or no, excuse me, the Texas Rangers, sorry, coming up uh, tonight starting a three-game series. We'll take three on the flip side. Demetrius Harvey next hour and the winners and losers in that draft last night. This is 3 and Out. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio, streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com.
Good to have you back here on 3 and Out on this Friday, day two of the draft. Upcoming in just a little bit, we will hear from Demetrius Harvey, Big Cat Country, coming up in uh, about 20 minutes. We'll talk about the Jags draft. Max Stark's going to join us, two-time Super Bowl champ, in just a little bit as well. We'll get his thoughts on the draft to this point and getting ahead of day number two uh, in the draft tonight. That being said, then it's 4 o'clock. Let's take three here on 3 and Out. We have a special guest asking us questions. He's all pumped. My son, Rhett, asking us the questions. Today, go ahead, son, lay it on us. You have a question to ask? Yes, I have a question to ask. All right. How was it at Coach's Corner, and what time did you get back? Because I'm, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I'm getting I'm getting. I the tip. feel like you got to the home at 1 I, or 2 o'clock. No, it was not that late. Listen, Coach's Corner was fantastic, as always. And we had we stayed while the draft was going on. Ask the take three questions. This is not the interrogation <laughs> uh, show. Okay. Uh, take <laughs> one. Who was the best pick in the draft? I don't know because I never watched. All it. right, the the best pick in the draft. Ben. The best pick in the draft to me is Kyle Hamilton. I think that uh, you talk about a hybrid safety, six four, what two twenty five. Sideline to sideline type safety, a ball hawking safety, a guy that's very, very aggressive in the run. Kevin, when you're talking about an ideal fit, I think of a guy who's aggressive who gets to go be a a missing piece, not a centerpiece. Going to the Ravens, I think Kyle Hamilton might end up, to me, is the best pick in the draft. I, I will say the best pick, uh, to me, Evan Neal, a uh, guy that uh, people thought was the best player. You take a guy who did nothing but start and lock down defenders at Alabama and you add him to your offensive line, that's a win. To me, that was the biggest no-brainer uh, in – in the draft bit. And we were sitting there kind of surprised that, you know, I know people like Iquanu, uh, who end up going to Carolina. But to me, he was the biggest lock it up. It's going to happen. He's a, uh, you know, 10, 12, 13 year pro uh, there on the offensive line. You don't even have to think about it. I think the fact that the Giants got him as low as they did was the, you know, probably the steal of the first round that he was, that he dropped a guy that was looking at one, two, three, and they get him down. A little farther in the first round, absolute steal uh, for the Giants. You ready? Yeah, we we ready. Lay it on us. Take two. Who was the worst pick in the draft? Ooh. I still don't know. The, the worst, worst pick. Wow. I mean, and it, and it depends on what you mean by worst. I think I know where Kevin uh, might be going with his worst uh, pick in the draft. But for me, it's Aiden Hutchinson. Not because he's not a good player. It's because of where he went. The worst pick in the draft is because of where he went. The Detroit Lions, Kevin, is the graveyard for NFL players. Why? Because when you got to lose a franchise, that's been and I know and I know we talk. I I, I know uh, you know I know that uh, you know what Ryan Green from a 10XL you know 10 XL will have something different to say about who's the worst. I still think it's Detroit because Kevin, don't we just expect Detroit to lose? Like they have good players. They've had Calvin Johnson. They've had Barry Sanders. Right? If, I mean, you know, I mean, they had Matthew Stafford. Lost, lost, lost. And it wasn't because you didn't have, you got arguably the greatest running back in NFL history or the best, or whatever. BJ got me with this best and greatest. Calvin Johnson, first battle Hall of Famer. Matthew Stafford is putting together a nice Hall of Fame career when you're in the Super Bowl. Lost, lost, lost. So for me, it's Aiden Hutchinson, not but not because, not because of not because of who he is, but where he went. I would I would go with Aiden Hutchinson going 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 to Detroit. Uh, this would just be my opinion. Uh I think there's a lot of cases you could make. For for worst pick, uh, you know teams trading trading picks, moving up to get the third, fourth, and a defensive back on the board, fifth defensive back on the board. 
think the worst pick, though, still, just by all accounts, it has to be Drake London for the Falcons. And I, and I, and I put it in this context. Then when the pick was made, I looked at you and Christian, and I said, don't let this be the draft where everybody remembers who was left on the board when you picked Drake London. Right? You had needs. Not that wide receiver wasn't one of them. But you took the first wide receiver. And a lot of people think you didn't take the best one. So you took the first wide receiver, but not the best one. Certainly not a guy who was going to take the lid off of defense. You had a couple of those guys to choose from. The best attribute guys were saying uh, after the pick was made, oh, this guy can win 50-50 balls. He's got a great catch radius. Okay, can you get open? Come on. Can you get open against elite DBs? And sometimes when you see some of those positives, I'm not, I'm not taking away that, hey, he does have good catch radius and that he can win a lot of 50-50 balls. But when I think about what it takes to win on the outside, I, I want a guy that can separate. I want a guy that can create. Otherwise, you kind of pigeonhole you know, Drake London. is like, hey, you're a red zone receiver, right? You're a guy that's going to be down there and we need to throw one in the back corner and you can jump up and try to beat somebody. But as you said, Ben, 6'5 in college is different than 6'5 in the NFL where yep. you're getting the tallest DBs uh, out of college possible. And I wonder if you, you, you go back and look and say, was there one? Was there two? Was there th- maybe three better wide receivers on the board mm-hmm. than what you took? Uh, I, I think you might have to go back and say yes. I could be wrong. I'm saying this where we sit right now. I'm not upset with the Falcons taking a wide receiver. I just don't know that they took the best one they could possibly, especially when you had the number one pick. Uh, at, at, at I say the number one pick at that nobody had taken a receiver till you did so I will say Falcons to me worst pick of the first round there are some others that are very close mm-hmm. but I think for what you could have done and what you did didn't like how they how they did it very very valid point I'm just I know I know we're gonna get back to our take three question but very very valid point because Kevin sometimes it's, it's what you, what you could have gotten and, and, and what you and what you settle for because when you see when you see Alave when you see Wilson when you see Burks when you see Bolton and those guys they they jump off the page at you those those Ohio's when you see freaking Jameson Williams my freaking oh my goodness so I mean yeah I I, I can definitely go with that like I said I've had twenty four hours a little bit under twenty four hours to kind of deal with it I'm still dealing with it and until I see him out there in person Kevin because every time it's third and six. And he can't get open. I'm just going to be looking up at the box saying, Terry Fontenot, I'm telling you now. So we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, yeah, that's that's a, that, that, that's going to have to grow on me. All right, moving along. Take three. What you got? What team has improved the most in the first round from the draft? Oh, that's easy, man. It's the Giants. I mean, Kevin, for everything you just said, I want guys that were – when's the last time you got two potential number one overall picks going into the – Kayvon Thibodeau was the number one overall pick going into this year's season. Forget the draft. Yeah. Evan Neal became the, quote, consensus after the season. You get both of them in the top ten? Both? So I get a tackle that – I get, I get a tackle that's going to be there for the next ten years. I get arguably the best defensive player, arguably the, the best uh, defensive pass rusher in the draft, both going in the top ten and both going to be under rookie deals for at least the next four – to five years with potentially the franchise, I'm going to say the Giants because you addressed a huge need at defensive end. You addressed a huge need at a tackle position. And that means that, one, Kevin, they're going to try to get Saquon Barkley more involved this year in offense because, well, Daniel Jones, jury set out on him, and they didn't pick up his uh, fifth option. And I think Kayvon Thibodeau gets to go with Aziz Ojolari, a Dexter Lawrence, a lot of young guys. So give me the New York football Giants. That's a great, that's a great uh, pick there. And, I, again, I think they got two – 
potentially number one overall picks in the first round on both their picks. I want to say the Philadelphia Eagles, though, uh, Ben. You go and get a massive defensive tackle. You already had a massive defensive tackle, and you got another one. I mean, is anybody going to have to move more beef than the offensive lineman playing the Philadelphia Eagles? Massive defensive tackle on Jordan Davis. That was a good pick. Then you go out and get A.J. Brown. You go, well, that wasn't the draft. No, they used the draft to get A.J. Brown. So that's why I say who improved themselves the most through the first round? The Philadelphia Eagles. Mm Mm-hmm. You got a number one receiver yep. to go with all the other receivers you got, and you got a massive human being to go next. You don't think, and again, you don't think Jordan Davis is going to benefit from playing next to another mountain Let's of a man? Yes. Yeah, absolutely he is. So I think they improve themselves the most in the first round because they improve themselves in the draft and outside of the draft all at the same time. Uh, and only a handful of teams would have been able to say they did that last night, even though the Jets got like, 600 picks seems like in the in the first round last night, but I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. So we are both keeping in the NFL East. I'm going with the New York Football Giants. You going with the Philadelphia Eagles? Red, what you like the most about the draft last night? I wasn't watching it. <laughs> I was in bed at like 9:30. Whoa, whoa, you go to bed at 9:30? Like like consistently every shouldn't, night? Shouldn't have been up that late. I mean, oh, oh hey. I mean, what were you up doing? Talking to Ron Lacuna? He lives in Atlanta. I live say. in uh, Brunswick, Georgia. Yeah, he, uh, he lives that in a is different four spot. Four hours away. I am not driving yeah. four uh, hours. They're not going to see Ron Acuna. Thank you, Rhett, for joining us here on uh, Take Three and reading those questions. The draft last night, Ben, we'll talk about it uh, with Demetrius Harvey, Big Cat Country. The Jags making their moves. They don't have a second rounder, uh, but as we talked, they moved up to get a guy they wanted at the end of the first round. They're going to have to wait until the third, but they have two of the top ten picks in the third. Are you okay with that, or is it tough to watch now going, that's a long wait getting there to the third round and watching guys go off the board? Uh, no, it, it is a long wait, Kevin, but I think that's what, you, that's what you put yourself in a position to do. You, you've addressed a lot of needs. I mean, you got, you, you got the receivers that you've liked, and not, just, not Jesse Zay Jones and obviously a guy, uh, Christian Kirk, but then you're talking about Evan Ingram. Right? It's Travis Etienne back. You know, we'll see how his health is. You get the guy, you you get the multifaceted, super duper talented, incredibly high ceiling and in Tra- in Trayvon Walker. I mean, and then you come back, you know, you trade back in the first round to get Devin Lloyd. In most in most people's uh draft boards, he's number one inside linebacker in this year's draft. You talk about what they did in all because Kevin, it's a mix of the offseason and the draft, right? You got the you got the I can't even say his name from Atlanta. You got Atlanta's. You got the leading tackler in the National Football League to come over with you. So I do think we talking about the Jags, Kevin. You sit back and watch everybody scramble to put that together. No, we put ours together. Now, does that mean it's going to equal some wins? No. Does that mean you know? Because two things will happen, Kevin. Either one, they're going to win games and people going to want to watch, or they're going to have to add another pool to the stadium because they got a bunch of them <laughs> there right now. So we'll see, but Mr. Khan, for one for one draft, he he look he looks pretty good. But paper champions, you know, ain't gonna get you nowhere. But they they did wait until the third means they they've done all they need to do thus far. I certainly understand that. That's take three. We do it every day. This time we'll come back. Demetrius Harvey, Big Cat Country, joins us here on Three and Out. We're streaming live ESPNCoastal.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Day one of the draft, a lot of excitement, a lot of stuff happening here for day number two. Tampa Bay on the clock as the Jags traded to get back up into the first round and take a linebacker yesterday in the draft. Joining us here to talk about that and uh, what Jacksonville is looking to do here. Day number two, Demetrius Harvey, Big Cat Country, joins us on three and out. Demetrius, welcome. How are you? 
I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Hey, we're doing great. Uh, obviously, pretty poor kept secret there leading up to the number one pick uh, last night with Trayvon Walker. Your thoughts, uh, was that a uh, Trent Balky pick? Was that something that Doug Peterson kind of came around to after a while? Who kind of had the final call there to officially make it Trayvon Walker? Yeah, I think um, perhaps people are putting a little bit too much into the idea that there were, you know, three separate picks for these guys as if, you know, they they weren't collaborating at all. And they kind of made that clear during the press conferences that there was a collaboration and, and they were guys that, you know, they came to a consensus on. You know, Trayvon Walker was a guy that they all liked, you know, between Shad Khan, Doug Peterson, Trent Balky. So I wouldn't necessarily classify it as a certain person's pick, but um, obviously Trent Balky had a major influence as a GM. He loves guys with length. He loves the versatility. They wanted to go defense, and that's the direction they went. When you think about a guy like Trayvon Walker, I mean, he provides so much versatility you know, down on on that defensive line with everything that he showcased at the University of Georgia. He's obviously going to be playing the defensive end outside linebacker position, but because he feels so many needs, kind of like a jack of many trades, I mean, how do you see this guy just gelling, not just, you know, uh, with this Jacksonville uh, defense, but in the league? Yeah, I mean, he, he is that kind of guy that can play, you know, both on the defensive line or at outside linebacker. He can rush rush the passer, excuse me, he, he he can, you know, stop the run. He can cover guys out in the flat if they need him to. But it, it seems as though, you know, what what they want to do and, and what makes sense is they just want to put him on the edge, have him play one position, and have them excel at that. For now, you know, obviously moving him around is going to be a thing. But for for now, they're 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 going to just you know settle him in that edge, pretty much opposite of Josh Allen. He could play some five technique as well, and just make sure that he's comfortable and gets used to rushing the passer. And, and he talked about that today early at his press conference. It's going to make him a better player. You know, the, the productivity wasn't there necessarily in terms of pass rushing, but, you know, it was because of a lot of the things that they made him do at Georgia. He played four-eye, played three technique. He was inside, outside. He was doing a lot more responsibilities, and now he can just settle in at one and get with the Jaguars, even as a coordinator and Mike Caldwell and, and refine those skills. I think that that's ultimately going to be what he makes his money at on the defensive line in Jacksonville and, and, and throughout the league. And, you know, I, I really do think that he's going to become a better pass rusher as a result, and that's exactly what they drafted him for. Demetrius, you look at uh, what Jacksonville did. They moved back up into the first round for Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Uh, they go defense again. One, were you surprised by that pick? Two, uh, you move out of the second round into the first round. Do you do you like the move there to to get aggressive in the draft? Yeah, I, I really do like the move to to get aggressive. I, I understand that people you know might say that the value is not necessarily there to trade up for a linebacker, but um, he was their top linebacker on their board, and, and that's a guy that they wanted and they coveted, and they actually felt as though the New England Patriots might take him two picks later. So it makes sense to trade up for a guy like that. I wasn't necessarily surprised that they trade up for a linebacker. I expected them to. I expected them to trade up for a guy like Quay Walker. Or if they wanted to go on the offensive side of the ball, I thought they were going to trade up for a guy like Tyler Linderbaum. But, of course, he went to the Baltimore Ravens. So um, when when they came up to Dylan Lloyd, you know, I actually expected him to go a lot sooner. So the fact that he was there, um, I think that the Jags knew that they had to do that. And Tripp Balky actually reiterated yesterday that, you know, once they saw him there and, 
and they saw the value. They 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 knew what they had to do, and, and that's why they made the trade with the Bucks. Um, he's a fantastic player, at least from what I've seen, and I think that they, you know, hit a home run potentially, maybe even a steal of that first round with that guy down at pick twenty seven. And Demetrius, when you see, obviously they're going uh, defense in the draft to the. Uh, to compact that with what they did uh, in the offseason with with the offense, with Zay Jones, with, you know, uh, Christian Kirk, with Evan Ingram. They seem to be doing more of a mix of it, kind of letting the veterans lead the way when it comes to the with, to the defense slash most of the offensive side before the draft, going more defense because you got some guys, you know, in the offseason that kind of help these young guys transition. How do you like the overall offseason thus far for the Jags? Yeah, it's it's kind of a mixed bag, right? Because on offensively, you know, they got a guy in Christian Kirk who, you know, I, I feel would be a, a, a fantastic weapon for Trevor Lawrence in terms of you know his you know abilities out of the slot. Um, it's it's when he's moved outside, you know, is he going to bring that segment dimension? Because that's sort of not really where he's made his you know his money in the in the NFL thus far. Last season was his best year, and he was played majority out of the slot. So it makes sense that. You know that would be the place for him, and you know at at some point, you know they they went and out and and they got a guy like Evan Ingram, who I I really think was probably their best signing or one of their best signings, and then obviously right guard Brandon Sheriff. So offensively, I felt like they did a pretty solid job. Um, could they have done more? Sure. You know, can they still upgrade at those skill positions? Absolutely. I think that they might do that later on. Um, defensively, you're you're right. They went after you know Foley Fatakasi at defensive tackle. They went after Aluakin at linebacker. So now they've replaced both their linebackers. Um, they got a new edge rusher um, in Trayvon Walker at one, and and so that's sort of the route that they've taken. And I think that they've done a good job. They've rebuilt the defense, defensive front seven, and now they're working their way on the offense, likely. Again, no picks until the third round here tonight. Given that they moved up, you think the Jags? Sit, sit, sit tighter with two third rounders. Do they try to package that and move up uh, and get a, uh, a maybe a better valued guy in the second round? I'm not sure if they're going to package both of them to move up, but if if, if a guy like George Pickens out of Georgia falls, you know, to around that 58 to you know 64 range right before the start of the third round, I think that they could see the value and they and try to trade up to get him. I know that they think highly of him. Um, they have a first-round grade on him, actually. So if, if he's a guy that's there you know, for the taking late in the second round, I, I don't see them passing up on that sort of value. Um, so that would be the trade-up that I would look for. And if not, then I think they'll sit, sit tight and probably go ahead and maybe try to address the offensive line. And they could end up going receiver with one of those two picks as well. Demetrius, how big of a jump can this can this young Jags team make? I mean, you you look at them, they seem to be making all the right moves. Trayvon Walker, I mean, when you look at what they was able to get with him with versatility, you talk about a guy in Devin Lloyd, who, I mean, if you had a chance to watch Utah play last year, this guy hit everything that moved with the offseason, giving Trevor Lawrence some some stability. Doug Peterson. How much of a jump can this team make from year one to year two? Because I just think year one, you don't want to call it a mulligan year, but these guys had to deal with so much outside of football. The fact that they could even put a product on the field on Sundays was incredible. Yeah, it, it, it actually was incredible that they could even get out there and, and, and do their thing on Sundays. So um, I do think that this year they, they're going to be vastly improved. I mean, defensively, it's obvious that they've checked the boxes in terms of upgrading the linebacker upgrading the defensive line, upgrading, you know, slot cornerback and Darius Williams in free agency. You know, they've done their their work and now 
all it takes is them staying healthy and, and you know to playing up to their potential because absolutely this is a defense that is much better than it was last season already on paper and I think that they can improve significantly you know this isn't going to be a team now that is instantly behind every game and trying to play catch up on offense every single week that's sort of where they were at last year and now they can at least if they can put up some points on offense and, and they have the pieces now to at least do a lot better than they did last season, then, you know, obviously they're, they're going to improve. They're going to be, you know, maybe in that six to seven win range. And it's hard to project any further than that because we haven't seen them on the field. But, you know, on paper, absolutely, this team looks like it's a much improved squad. And I think that, you know, whatever they do throughout the draft that's remaining is going to indicate, you know, just how much further they're going to be able to improve their offense. Demetrius Harvey, Big Cat Country, joining us. Demetrius, along the lines with Trevor Lawrence, where do they expect him to be uh, in terms of year two? Are they expecting a big jump in year number two? Do they look at last season maybe as some stunted development? I'll, I won't go as far as say a wasted year, but given all the stuff that happened uh, on the field with guys being told not to go back out on the uh, the field because you weren't the, the starter and all the things that happened there under the previous regime, how do they view Trevor Lawrence in the development? Is this the year they're looking for a big gain, or do they kind of look at last year and say, we missed a little bit because of all the dysfunction in the in the uh, organization. Well, I think publicly they'll tell you, you know, wait and see and, and take it day by day and sort of, you know, wherever Trevor is in his development, they're going to take it and go from there. But, no, I, I think that they they expect a lot from Trevor Lawrence. He was the number one pick last season. Um, I think they expected a lot from him even last year. Um, so this season, absolutely, he's going to have a lot of pressure, and I don't think it's going to come internally necessarily, but they're absolutely going to put a lot on his shoulder and, and try to, you know, use all of his skill sets and not sort of have, um, you know, him in a in, in a bubble where, you know, they're trying to protect him and make sure that everything's going smoothly. I think they're going to let him try to go out there and win games, and that's exactly what you should expect. You should expect that from a number one pick, and I think that moving forward, absolutely, if he if they don't see any improvement, then that's a concern. And I don't think that last year, just because it was sort of a, a mulligan year in terms of his you know, development a little bit, um, I don't think that that's necessarily going to impact how they feel about how how he should play this year. Because you know, last year's expectations were higher as well. And Demetrius, I mean, I, I mean, not not to compare the two, but you look at what Joe Burrow was able to do in year. In year two, I mean, yes, you got a different cast of characters when you got T. Higgins, you got Jamar Chase, you got Boyd and company. Travis Etienne is healthy. You know, maybe got to see if, uh, you know, Christian Kirk is ready to be a headliner. Zay Jones has been a really, really good complimentary piece. I don't know what they're going to do with, La- with a guy like LaVisca Chenault and Marvin Jones. Every- Evan Ingram is on a one-year deal. You got you- mm-hmm. Cam Robinson, you know, you, you know, uh, franchising him, trying to get a, uh, a big-time deal done. How how dangerous, if they can get all those guys out there at the same time, how dangerous could this Jacksonville offense be in 2022? Absolutely. It, it, it can score points. I mean, the, the clearly on paper you can see it. You can see the vision where downfield, you know, you have Christian Kirk, a guy who can um, beat, beat guys deep inside and, and downfield. He has the speed to do that. Evan Ingram is a, is a versatile red zone piece who's going to catch balls over the middle of the field and do it well and become the quarterback's best friend. Um, you have Brandon Sheriff, who's, you know, if he's healthy, he's probably the best right guard in, in the National Football League. And then you have other pieces, you know, that are there that, you know, are still developing, like a, like a Walker Little at right tackle. You know, you have the protection there. You have the protection necessary. So, absolutely, this, this offense can be better. Um, I don't expect it to be um, significantly better than last year just because that's the nature of everything. I don't necessarily think that they're going to make that Joe Burrow 
jump because you know they don't have a Jamar Chase, they don't have guys that are already in in house and, and, and able to do it. So you know, sure they can make a, a pretty big jump, but I don't think it's going to be that much. Demetrius Harvey, Big Cat Country, our guest here on Three and Out. Demetrius, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Appreciate you guys. Take care. Pre- appreciate it. The Jags have to wait until round number three tonight. Uh, ben, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm trying to find it here in my notes, uh, do not pick until the third round. They Ooh. have uh, two picks uh, there in the top ten of the third round. But the reason for that is you moved up and you got Devin Lloyd last night. He said, hey, if George Pickens falls enough, that might be – Fantasy land thinking uh, here at the, in the second round, but you do have multiple picks in the third. Could you package up and say, while we had a volume of picks, as we go through this thing, we may not need a volume of players, but if we can package these things and get the quality quotient up, we could be good here. Nothing is out of the realm of possibility, and that's why it's good, Kevin, to have not just multiple picks, but multiple picks in the same round. Because, guys, everybody wants to build through the draft. Everybody wants to get younger and cheaper. And I think that when you look at this Jags team, when we get the name on all these guys, I mean, Zay Jones, we get the name of Christian Kirk and Travis Etienne in his second year as a pro, really his first year because he missed all of last year. Trevor Lawrence going into his second year. Cam Robinson, you know, I mean, he's the guy that's being franchised. You talk about a guy like, you know, you talk about a guy like Devin Lloyd. You talk about a guy like Trayvon Walker. You talk about a guy like, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Allen going, I mean, going into his fifth year. You got a bunch of your core pieces, right? It's good to have your core. Now that I got my core, okay, how do we add depth? Depth is this. When the starter goes out, whether through injury or just, you know, getting, you know, getting a breather, do we miss a beat? Because, Kevin, you know, the second string, quote, in any division, in any level, is not the same. Pop Warner is not the same. High school is not the same. College is, it's like miles and miles away from the NFL. It's not as big of a drop-off, but if, if it is, I don't want you to feel it. I don't want you to be able to understand because they got a two-headed monster and everything else. I think Kevin, though, I don't want to get another tight end because I like Evan Ingram. He can't play every snap. Not the not the not the best blocking tight end. So you're gonna have to probably try to address that maybe in the third round. Right, we've got more to come. We'll look at the Falcons draft when we come back. Quite a night, but they have a bigger night upcoming uh, here in the second and third rounds. What do they look to do? We'll talk about it next. Here it's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back on this Friday. Falcons, Drake London at number eight. Uh, Been with their first pick last night. I know some folks had the, uh, I'm going to sleep on it and see how I feel today. And I know some people said, hey, let's see how it turns out. I think Christian is one of those guys, He was last night he was not happy with it. Today he comes back and he was telling me before second down, you know, we'll see how it goes. You know, uh, people were down on A.J. Terrell, right? Oh, why'd you make that pick? He got cooked in the end of playoffs. Turned out okay. I think Drake London, the thing that concerns you is he's a 50-50 guy, not a separation guy. He's a catch radius guy, not a I'm going to create separation with my speed kind of guy. And you had some of those guys on the board. Obviously, you were the first team to take a a wide receiver. Where are you on Drake London now that you've had 24 hours to kind of sleep on it, think about it? You like the pick or are you still like wait and see? I know everybody could be wait and see, but I mean in terms of how he's utilized, or have you started to come around and say maybe it was a good pick? Where where do you sit here in the aftermath? I, I still feel the same, Kevin, because this is what I realized about the draft, right? I shouldn't have to talk myself into anything. You know, yeah, we was at Coach's Corner yesterday. Everybody stopped. When the drink, you know, you he says, you know, the eighth overall pick, you know, 2022 NFL draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Drake London. Everybody was just like, 
Like it's a puzzling, it's a puzzling look, Kevin, because number one, I did not see the other five coming off as quick as they did. But it goes back to what you were saying. If you have an opportunity to get these uh, But that gives you an idea where the Falcons board was, right? Because you could have taken any wide receiver you wanted and they took him. So they had him obviously rated as the number yeah, one yeah. guy. I would think. Yeah, I, I, I'm look, let, let me let me just call this what it is. Because the people go, look. This is not necessary. This is not as big of an indictment on Drake London. It's more of an indictment on the fact that he was the first receiver taken when this. I, and, and, be, and can we finna go back? Darius Hayward Bay, right? Michael Crabtree. This situation, Michael Crabtree goes second because he was coming off a foot injury, and Mike and Darius and, and uh, what did I say? Darius Hayward. Darius Hayward, Darius Hayward Bay was fast, super duper fast. The thing about Drake London is he can play, obviously, but Chris Olave. I mean, he was people talking about him in 2021, 2020. Garrett Wilson, they say he was the best route runner. James Wilson, I, James, James, James Williams, Kevin, we saw what he did to this Georgia defense. The one loss Georgia had, there was a man named James, James Williams. You could not stop him. Williams, Alave, and Wilson were all on the same team at one point. Traylon Burks, you saw what he did at Arkansas, and obviously you got Bolton from uh, you know, uh, from uh Penn State. Kevin, I go back to what you were saying. Look, we've watched enough of the draft to be able to say, Terry, fine, no, man. Like, because this is an offense that needs that needs guys that they can get open, not 50-50 balls. Okay, Des Bryant. When he first came into the league, he was winning 50-50 balls. And then when people realized, well, dude, that's half of his arsenal. He only run a slant. He only run a dig. He only run a shallow cross. He ain't running goals unless he just get a one-on-one with no safety over the top. So for me, Kevin, what scares me is, Marshawn Lattimore going up against Drake London. That's who he's going to get, right? Then you're talking about Tampa Bay's corners, right? I, I, you, you talk about, oh, my goodness. You talk about you talk about J.C. Horn, former number one overall pick in the 2021 draft from, uh, he was a high draft of that DB in 2021 out of, uh, out of Carolina. J.C. Horn versus Drake London. When J.C. Horn had to go up against the likes of Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, all I'm saying is, Kevin, he's he, he's 50-50 in college. And he's better than the guy he's in front of. You're not going to be better than the guy you're in front of. We're going to learn a lot about him, but I do think, Kevin, it goes back to it, I, I shouldn't have to sit on no picks. Now, now I, I will say this. I can come around. Trey, uh, you know, Trey, Trey Young, I apologize. Right? I, apologize. <laughs> I was wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I hope that I'm wrong. I really, But, Kevin, you know just like this. That back of your mind thinking, it's always there. You know what I mean? But you start saying, all right, Drake, all right, Drake. We'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But come, come to fall, he, eh. Uh, well, I'm saying, yes, I mean, that, that's the proof of the pudding. He's going to have to be able to get open. Now, moving ahead to tonight, you have two picks in round two. You have two picks in round three. 11th and 26th overall picks in round two. 10th pick and the 18th pick in round three. What do you feel like? They can get addressed. What do they need to get addressed in those four picks tonight? Defensive end. I mean, I'm sorry, Kevin. You I know, mean, but you're already what five, six deep on that already? Yeah, yeah, yeah but Kevin. Okay, think about this. Okay, you're, 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 now I've heard, I've heard some rumbling. Don't get mad at me, Atlanta faithful. I heard they might be trying to package Grady Jarrett because they they might be saying, look, maybe we've gotten the best out of Grady Jarrett. And I go back to what you said about Atlanta Braves. While we have somebody who we can trade, a tradable, because it's not, look, let's call it what it is. Atlanta's not going to be competing that much in 2022. That's not that crazy. This is this is with, this is with my, you know, Atlanta Falcons fan and analyst hat on. 
But I do think, Kevin, you got to add more. Because Dante Fowler Jr., do you even remember him playing for the Falcons? I mean, you know, I just think that, Kevin, you got to, you got to address it with a defensive end, right? I really, really think you're going to want to get a running back. Because, I mean, Mike Davis, Mike, I mean, Cordell I mean, Pat- d- 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 again, far be it for me calling for somebody's job. But this, to me, in the third round, could you get a guy like Brandon Robinson? Could you get yes. a uh, Zamir White? Yes. And you could, you, you know, you could tell Mike Davis in training camp. <laughs> Right, I mean that's yeah, how it, yeah. that's how it works. You look at it and go, "We got yeah. three running backs. Why'd you bring in another one?" Uh, hello, that means somebody's about to be gone, right? I mean, so I mean, what did Mike Davis do last year to say that your job is did not you, up did, for grabs? No, that's what I'm did, saying. I mean, do if you listen, I, I'm gonna say this. No one remembers Mike Davis last year in 2021, right? He didn't do much of anything. He did not lead his team in rushing or rushing touchdowns. That will go to Cordell Patterson. Now, we ta- we having two seconds and two-thirds. You be smart with it, right? You be smart with it. You make sure, I mean, you you talk, we, 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 you can always use offensive line help. Let, let, let's call that what it is. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna wanna, you're gonna wanna try to get, you know, some more depth, you know, because you still need a safety. Like you you still need a, a safety that can go along with, you know, with you know, with Grant and those guys last year. And Kevin, look, I will say this. Just say in the first, just say the first, just say the first two, the, the, the second round you get an old lineman, you know, and you get, I don't know, a defensive end. Your two third round picks, and I mean, and this is not crazy, you know, if you get a run, if you get a running back and a safety, because now they're gonna be contributors, right? I always go to what their grade was, not where they got drafted. All would be top eighty five picks at yeah, that point. But, but but we said this. When the only reason why you was able to sign all your 2021 picks is because you got rid of Julio. You couldn't sign none of them, right? Check. Most, the only guy that we remember that actually contributed was Kyle Pitts. He was force fed. He was going to be the number one guy, you know, at tight end. I get that part. Right? I think, I think what happens is now is, right, Hayden Hurst, he's gone. Like, he's moved on. He's at, I think he's at Cincinnati now, right? You go ahead and you address the O-line position or you get a defensive end, that'll be fine. And if you get a, if you get a safety and a running back, I think that'd be fine as well. And we got a call nine one two three four two seven one eight four Falcons fans. Let's go to Ray. Ray's listening in Brunswick. Ray, welcome to the show. How are you? Good man. Good. Good. Enjoying listening to y'all as always. Um, to Ben's point about Grady Jarrett, yes, as much as we like him, and we Falcon fans, we because we just sorry way too many times. We get, we get, we fall in love with these players, right? I got news for anybody else that's a Falcons fan. Grady Jarrett does not fit the 34 defense, which is what Dean Pease runs. Okay, love him as maybe a 3-4 defensive end, but look at the money he's making, and look at the fact that 2023 is when all this stuff comes off the cap, and the Falcons can spend money. So, the what are we spending money on in 2023? So in the meantime, instead of extending Grady Jarrett, you trade him, you get more draft picks, you make some picks. You have got to pick up a nose tackle that can go in there and anchor against the run. And also somebody that will help keep your edge rush. We are going to get today at least one, maybe two. Okay? I would all but guarantee it. Lastly, I feel you on the Drake London thing. I actually think that Arthur Smith is playing the long game with that guy because what does Arthur Smith like? Big targets. 
we know Marcus Mariota is not going to be around for that long, and that partially depends on his health. When you bring in a young quarterback and it's time for him to start taking all the snaps under Cinder, he's now got Drake London, who is going to take his lumps this year, Kyle Pitts, and God knows what else out there. Those are big targets for a young quarterback. Ray can't argue with, uh, with, with any of that. So what would you like to see the Falcons do? You kind of talked about it a little bit. Is there a guy you would like to see them get if available here in, in round number two? They got the 11th pick in, in the second round and the 26th pick in the second round tonight. I'm going to tell you what. I really want to see UConn's Travis Jones. Um, as much as I'm a Georgia fan and I love Jordan Davis, I don't think there's a huge drop-off other than what that freak was able to do at the Combine between him and Travis Jones. Now you got a 6'4", 330-pound guy to anchor your middle. You can run three down linemen and then do what Dean P says, which is we're coming from everywhere. I want Travis Jones with one of those picks. Real we'll, bad. Hey, we'll see if they, uh, if they can pull it off. Ray, appreciate the phone call. Thanks much. Yes, sir. Hey, appreciate you listening. Ray, with some good stuff there. As a Falcons fan, I guess the long and that's the one thing I will say, Ben. And it's fair we don't we don't get paid to play the long game in in, yes. in, in this business. But oh, yeah. uh, fan, fans uh, certainly aren't going to sit there and go, you know, and Ray. I appreciate you bringing that up because it could be a great point. We're playing the long game with Drake London. His stats could look bad this year, but if you get a quarterback to come in and give him the the help prior, it's not a bad thing. And I actually. You know, when you talked about building teams before, Ben, I've actually said get the pieces first and then get your quarterback in there. Maybe that's what Atlanta's trying to do. So, uh, you know, I, again, I think the worst thing you can do to a guy in the National Football League is what happened to David Carr. Go get a big man. You got nothing to help you out with. The the the, the Blaine Gabberding of quarterbacks, if you will, where you're like, hey, man, you're our guy. Okay, where are the rest of my guys? You're our guy. And you put your young quarterback out there and say, we expect you to be successful with pieces that have proven to not be uberly successful in the National Football League. Maybe Atlanta building it a little bit in reverse here. Get all the pieces in place you can and then get the quarterback. Yeah, because I – well, you know, Kevin – I, I right. don't know if that's true, but I mean, that's, well, that could be – that if, would explain Drake I, I, London. I, I will say this. If you if Drake London – Drake London is definitely going to go through his – you know, going to go through his bumps and bruises, take his lumps and be able to become a, a pretty good solid pro. You know what Kyle Pitts is. If you can add, a, you know, a running back in this year's draft. These guys are coming in and learning under the same – you know, uh, they, under Ricky Deals. We'll see what happens, Kevin, but – the fact that Marcus Mariota Court is not going to be here. Well, who is going to be here? That <laughs> is the biggest question. We've got more to come three and out on this Friday all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on three and out. As we close down hour number two, a lot to get to still on the show. We'll hear from Max Starks, Ben, uh, former Florida Gator and two-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll talk to him about the draft. Only one quarterback went in the draft, and it was to Pittsburgh with a guy who played for Pittsburgh. So uh, it literally just has to walk to the other locker room, and he is uh, he is already there. Uh, ben, but we got what like oh we got twenty seconds. One quarterback in one round. Nobody panicked last night. Normally we see it in the draft. Didn't see it last night. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be about five guys going to second round. But uh, congratulations to Kenny Pickett. Gonna be the number one. Who's the first quarterback off the board? Malik Willis. He better be. We'll see. Those Falcons gonna move. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Falcons go quarterback in round two. That would shock a lot of folks. At this point, we're coming right back. Final hour, Max Stark's going to join us. We'll recap where we got in the draft, and we'll look ahead. What do we expect coming up tonight when we get round two started a little bit later? It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network.
Final hour of three and out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. Max Stark's going to join us in about uh, 20 minutes here on three and out. We'll talk about the uh, first round of the draft. And Ben Trayvon Walker, number one, Georgia Bulldogs, dominating five guys off defense and one who many were just convinced was a lock to go in the first round. Kobe Dean did not. Otherwise, it would have been six uh, defensive guys in the first round. Trayvon Walker becomes the first defensive player at Georgia to go number one overall. So uh, a lot of history made last night for Kirby Smart's former guys there in the draft. And I saw somebody uh, told me this morning, based on where they went, those five Georgia players now worth about $90 million. That's a good recruiting standpoint uh, as well. Hey, come to Georgia. Uh, we just last year, $90 million in the first round to our guys. So not bad. No, it's not. I mean, the Walker brothers. I mean, you got Trevon Walker and Quay Walker both going, uh, you know, number one overall. We all knew Jordan Davis was going to go. You know, uh, you know, Wyatt Wynn, obviously, uh, you know, you know, seen. Uh, he he was the last pick of the, uh, of the first round. And the thing about it is, Kevin, I mean, I know people like this. It's really six because Jermaine Johnson started out of Georgia. That's true. He yeah. ended up at Florida State, still went. You know, to the Jets, who man, the Jets. You talking about? Any, I kind of want to go back to one of them. Who who got who got better? It might be the New York Football Jets <laughs> instead true. of the Giants. When you got when you when you talk about Jermaine Johnson, I mean, we talk about our Garrett Wilson. Obviously, talk about Sauce too much. Sauce Walker, but uh, Gardner, Gardner. I'm sorry, but I, <laughs> Gardner. But I, but I, I I just think that Kevin, when you think about what Georgia was able to do in the draft, you you knew it was going to be a bunch. You just didn't know how many, right? And the thing about it is, if somebody would have told me Georgia had five guys in the first round all over defense, not, none of them named Kobe Dean, I would have been like, dude, look, I'm not a betting man. So somebody's going to get a steal oh with a God. capital S here in the, in the second round. Yes, bro. I mean, and then obviously, I mean, you're talking about a George Pickens. That's another guy that was slightly to go potentially in the first round. But Georgia was the headliner all season. 2021, it was the year of the dogs, right? They won it all. Didn't win the SEC, still won the national championship, uh, went to the award, the college football awards, dominated there. Jordan Davis was the talk, uh, you know, was the toast of you know, of the town unless you had to deal with him as an offensive coordinator. Kobe Dean hit everything that move. I was talking about our own Christian go kill. I asked him, I said, man, how how does Kirby get a guy like the Kobe Dean? He said he showed him a table at Rokon Smith. Okay, I I can come. Best player in Mississippi, uh, you know, uh, four years ago. Quay Walker was a guy that was slighted. But, yeah, Kevin, I think that when you look at what Georgia did, I mean, look, they won it all, and they you, you already know NC Media is going to be crazy, right? I mean, oh, what, they're going to have to have security. They're going to be coming out to smoke. I saw this. Uh, Kirby Smart was at the draft, dapping guys up, and, you know, he's he going to always – listen, he always going to be on uh, – he always gonna be on brand, though, Kevin. You know the silver britches. You know uh, the silver britches and suit he had on with the with the with the with the, the red dog tie. But why wouldn't he? I mean, Jordan Davis and company. I mean, Javon Walker was probably the most subdued and you know even killed number one overall pick you ever seen. Because I think what happens is people grow up and say, "Man, I want to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, or NBA draft, or MLB draft, or NHL draft, or so on." Kevin, the fact that it happened to Javon Walker. When I mean, let's call it what it is. He's the he's the most freakishly talented player on the defense. No one would say he was the best player on the defense, depending on who you watch with Jordan Davis and the Kobe Dean. He went number one overall. That means people go, "Hey man, you got drafted? Yeah, man, no twenty no twenty twenty two. Number one, number one, number one overall." I uh, I was blessed enough today to go speak uh, you know, speak at a uh, at a elementary school, and I you know I try to take little artifacts that kind of show okay because you know you got Google and every, every kid got a phone sure. now, so I pull out. I pull out my old trusty dusty 
Uh, you know, uh, number one, they give you a jersey with the number one on it if you're number one pick. I was the number one pick, even though I went the second round. And Kevin, this this just show you how far back it is. My jersey was made by Reebok, so that just show you. Mm, it confused one of the young, it confused one of the young men no so starter. much. No, no, no. <laughs> it, was, it was a couple of years removed. You know, this was back when you know this back when Reebok was still like you know making shoes and clothes and apparel. So I pull out the number one, and the kid goes, "Oh, so you were number one." I go, no, I didn't wear number one. They just give you a number one. He's like, what you mean they give you a number one? I said, well, if you're the number one pick, they give you a jersey. He goes, so you didn't wear number one like Jamar Chase? I was like, no. I said, here's my rookie jersey. I want them 86. He said, and then he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. So you got two jerseys? I go, yes and no. Like, yes, I did, but this was if you're the number one overall pick uh, of the team or the first round pick or whatever, the first guy take it. And, and listen, I'm thinking out of, you know, I drove home. The kid's walking. He goes, so just, just to relate, you didn't wear number one. I did not wear. Number one, he goes, well, why not? They gave you the number, didn't they? <laughs> so I, I, I just think that it's so By the pers- rules, were you even allowed to wear number one? No, 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 yeah. no. no. It's, it's like, no, no. But I I think the thing about Javon Walker is if you are him, and obviously you, you went from, you know, late round, mid round, top 10, number one. And he and this happened in what, a week? This happened in all of a week. And you look at the upside, Kevin, I think sometimes, you know, certain – Teams look at guys and go, dude, because I don't know how good he can be, that's good enough to be number one. Why? Because I think we get too enamored with he's the number one. The number one overall pick doesn't mean I was, quote, the best player in this year. That's not what it means. That means that when I look at all the intangibles, I check him off across the board. When I look at the ceiling, he has no ceiling, right? He's a, he's a guy that can do anything. Like you say, Kevin, he can, he can go to – he can go to – he can be, you know, a first-team All-Pro three years and go to seven Pro Bowls or don't go to any. I don't think it's necessarily his fault where he turns out because being the number one overall pick in anything is going to be hard. I mean, LeBron got everybody thinking that's, that's what's going to be the barometer in the NBA. Not happening. Some kid told me, wait a minute, man. Why aren't you still playing football no more, Tom Brady? I said, is my name Tom or Brady? <laughs> no. So, But I am, I, I am happy for the, for, the, for the University of Georgia because, Kevin, like I said, Georgia's one of the eight teams that can win it all, and they want it all. The the two the three the three things you got to win is perception, recruiting, and the draft. If you think I'm lying, right? Guarantee you, they ask Jermaine Johnson, man, starting off at a place like Georgia, Georgia, Georgia and they go and they go clip those and they go put them up. But I I I just will say that the thing about the draft that intrigued me the most was Kevin. You said you said you said Javon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Derek Stingley. And Derek Stingley is the guy that gets that gets lost in all this because he's the only one in this draft that peaked in 2019. He was the best DB in the country. He was fresh out of high school. That boy went from wearing cummerbunds to, to, to winning the SEC championship, winning that, and they, and he did a trifecta. Meaning they didn't they did not win the SEC and won the, won the national championship. They won the SEC and they went undefeated. And a lot of people thought, well, where is he gonna go? Third overall. And so I, I, I this this draft this draft had a lot of variety. It had everything you wanted. You had six DBs, four cornerbacks, two safeties, six receivers. Welcome to Tennessee, Traylon Burks. Goodbye, H. A. Brown. Uh, you know, goodbye, Marquise Brown from the from the Ravens. But Kevin, it was all the intrigue that you wanted. I mean, you still had the O line, you still had the D line, you had one quarterback. But I just think that now it's on the perimeter, uh, protecting the quarterback, rushing the quarterback. Give me a quarterback. You know what's scary? I, unless you get some Adrian Peterson type running backs in the future, I just think that the draft is getting farther and farther away from drafting running backs in the first round. Because, like you mentioned, you get so much depth 
in the latter round. That second round, okay. Well, I mean, I think right now, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, and it may just be because of the explosiveness of the position, but I do think you'll get to a point where teams may look at it and say that because of the way college football is played now, because of the way you play in the National Football League, that wide receiver could become kind of like that in that, am I going to get the most explosive wide receiver? Can I get a very good one in the second, third round? Yes. Can I get a guy that can go out and make plays second, third round? And can I address other areas in the draft? Yes. And I think uh, this draft might be a, a good case. I mean, you got George Pickens. Somebody's going to get him first-round talent in the second round. Who uh, What? Ray Mechie, Alabama, is still out there. Now, he's coming off injury, but when he was healthy, people thought, hey, maybe mid to late first-round talent. Going to go in the second round. You can get very productive wide receivers now, Ben, second, third round. And could we see that develop? Or is it always going to be, hey, I need somebody that's 6'5 and fast. I'm willing to take a top 10 pick. Because we used to say that about running backs. Oh, give me that guy that's going to just give me 30 carries a game. Now nobody says that. Everybody says, not only do I not need a running back in the first round, I'm going to draft two because I need to. I'm going to have my lightning back, I'm going to have my power back, and they're going to split carries. I don't want a guy that's getting 30 carries a game anymore. A A lot of teams have developed that philosophy. Could you see that? with wide receiver where the position becomes so deep because in college everybody's running three, four wide receiver sets that you could get great receiver talent in the middle rounds. Yes. I mean, well, Kevin, let me, let me just say this. The, the most prestigious round is the first round. That's sure. what everybody's watching. I, I get that part. Let's not act as if you haven't had incredible talent in the second, third, even the latter rounds. I mean, Anquan Bowden ran a 4-7 when he came out. His first game in the NFL, 200 yards receiving. Right? Went on to have an incredible career. Right? I think what Grump, the greatest tight end of all time, went in the second round. Right? Clinton Portis went in the second round. I I I, I think I think that I think Cooper Cup, I think went like the fourth or fifth. So we we don't know who's gonna end up with what. But this is when you start making your money. The first round, Kevin, is half how they play and half perception, because everybody's watching. Now, New England don't care. New England <laughs> do not care, okay? They let yep. you know. And I'm happy for the young man, Mr. Strange. Uh, you know, sound like a freaking Marvel's character. But, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's, he's, he, he's up there in New yeah. England. But I will say, now now, now is when, I, and, I, and I can, and I, now is when a Terry Fontenot really showed, all right, now I'm finna show y'all what, I, what I'm gonna do. Because even with the Drake London situation, they knew, hey, man, oh, let's go ahead and get Drake. Because they all about to come off the board. These GMs, man, they know. Like, like I said, Kevin, look, you've been watching baseball. If somebody stuck you out there with a bunch of scouts, you ain't told nobody who you're working for. I'm with the, you know, I'm with the ESPN Coastal Radio <laughs> Network, right? You know how to see how fast that thing going. You know a changeup when you see it. You know a slider. But this thing, you know a good changeup when you see it, not just a changeup. I said, ooh, that slider, that's nasty. Because you've been watching it that long. That people don't got to pay you to know what you're looking at. Now, okay, all right, scouting department. Come on, because why? I don't know if they're going to show inside these meeting rooms. Now, Jerry Jones, he's going to use all the pub he can get. But now you say, all right, man, tell us about these kids you want. Because having four draft picks coming up for a team like the Falcons, Kevin, we got because they're going to have to. They gonna, the thing is, we learned in 2021, if you can't contribute early on this young team, it's going. It's a learning curve. It's going to be rough. But I do think now is when you flex a little bit. Because now, Kevin, is when we're going to get a bunch of the, ooh, did you see what they got? Oh, it's going to be a bunch of that now. Yeah, that guy's still out there on the draft. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, I think there's a lot of that that could be happening here in round number two of this draft tonight. We got so much to get to. We will chat with Max Starks two times. 
Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Coming out of Florida, third rounder. We'll get his thoughts on the one and only quarterback that got taken in the first round. Kenny Pickett from Pitt goes to Pittsburgh uh, in, in the first round last night. And where do we find that value in the draft? Again, it was all receivers, corners, and outside guys on the lines. Uh, protecting, getting after, and uh, not a whole lot in between there last night. Max Starks joins us next. Here it's 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. We're streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Like and subscribe our YouTube channel at ESPN Coastal, and you can watch along every single day here on the show. It's 3 and Out, and we'll come back with Max Starks. Ellis. I was going to be the first quarterback off the board, but they get a Pitt guy to go play for Pittsburgh. What's the kind of thought there about Kenny Pickett and what he brings to to the organization? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is he literally has to go in the door and go to the left instead of the right. I think that's the biggest thing that Kenny Pickett has to uh, fight, that urge, because uh, the Steelers and the Panthers split a facility over on the south side. Um, and so when you look at that, you know that, okay, this is a guy who know, who's played in Heinz Field, who knows what Heinz Field is. It will be a little bit more full than what he played with at, at Pitt as far as crowd goes. Um, but I think he makes a smoother transition. Of the quarterbacks available, I think he was the most starter capable from day one, even though I still think he needs a little bit more polishing. Um, but he also had an offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple. And if people aren't familiar with that name, ex-coach at the Steelers when I came in, and guess what? He had been Roethlisberger as a rookie. So Mark Whipple, being a guy very well-versed in the Steeler way and Steeler tradition, was a guy grooming Kenny Pickett. So I trust that. I trust Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin literally hanging out after practice and watching Pitt come on the field as, as the Steelers come off. They have a lot of insight and knowledge to be able to go ask questions next door. They've seen this kid you know, for the last five years. So they know everything they want to know about him. So I think this is one of those where I got to trust the GM and trust the head coach um, on this pick and say that he might be the best fit of the quarterbacks. And that also shows you that Mr. Trubisky is not necessarily an answer. He's a bridge. And I think that kind of got, you know, completely answered by us that he is not the future. And also Mason Rudolph is not the future. Max, when you talk about a guy like Ben Rosenberger, you know, 18 years ago, you know, I didn't have to get another first-round pick until last night. You talk about a guy, you know, like like Mason Rudolph, like Mitch Trubisky. How much these guys understand it? Watching the draft lets you know what your role is going to be. Mitchell is obviously going to be, you know, pinned to be the opening day starter, but he knows, look, man, you will play until the young guy's ready, and you're going to play starter as well as helping groom this new guy. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. I mean, this, this is the, this is that moment we dread, Troop, right? You don't want to watch the draft, but you still got to keep that side eye on the draft. Like, hey, 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 what they doing? What they doing? What y'all doing? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you know, you kind of have that mentality where you're like, okay, this is what the organization thinks of me. If I'm a guy that's looking for a contract extension next year, you're looking at those at those top three rounds. Like, are they drafting my replacement? You know, hell, look look at AJ Brown. They literally traded him to Philly because they wouldn't give him, uh, you know, twenty plus million dollars, and then they wouldn't drafted his exact replacement, the guy that was comp to be him, <laughs> and Traylon Burks. So I think when you look at that, you understand it, it, it's a tough decision. And at the end of the day, this is a business, and businesses are out to make money. If you're in business to lose money, 
you are not supposed to be in business. And I think that's kind of one of the key roles that we have to learn. So you watch that with the side eye. Mr. Bisky knew he was on a prove-it contract. Now he has to really go out and prove it because you have the young pup nipping at your heels, and you either have to quell that, or if you're a weaker person, you're going to fold under that pressure. And this is, this is kind of a make-or-break time for, for Trubisky because for the Steelers, they're looking at we have, draft, we, we have trade assets. Who is it going to be? Are we trading Kenny Pickett or are we trading Mitch Trubisky? The choice is yours, right? Red pill, blue pill. Think Matrix. And, Max, when you think about this organization like Pittsburgh, obviously you spent a lot of years there getting, being drafted by those guys. Mike Tomlin's never, ever had a losing season. You look at you look at the, you look at the Star Wars like a T.J. White. You look at guys like, you know, a Harris and Fryer Muth in last year's draft. You know, you bring over, you know, you bring over different guys. Why is it a team like a, a, an organization like Pittsburgh just understand? Because you hear the term, no, they are built to be a Pittsburgh still and not just playing in Pittsburgh. Why, why do guys seem to find a way to get it done and they know the right guys to come in and do it the Pittsburgh way? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is, is culture establishment, right? You have a certain mindset and mentality that when you step through those doors, you know what the expectation is. There's guys at literally every position you can point to that are either perennial all-pros, Hall of Famers, that played your very same position, so you know what the standard is. And that's why Mike Tomlin uses that phrase, the standard is the standard, because Pittsburgh has laid that foundation since the 70s of what it means. You are going to be tough. You are going to be smart. You are going to play four quarters of football and sometimes over that, but you will never quit. You will never give up and you'll never look down. I think that was indicative. I think Ben embodied that when we look at last season, you know, how many times Ben tried to come back from being down 20-plus points and finding a way to, to, to never give up until the last moment. Um, I think those are the things that, you know, embody that. So people have an identification. Just like we see brand names, you know when you see the Nike swoosh, man, that's a good shoe. I need to go get me a pair of those. You know, and I think that's the same thing. When I go to McDonald's, wherever in the world it is, I know what a number one is. And I think you kind of have the same thing with the Pittsburgh Steelers is you have a brand that's established. When you see a sticker on one side of the helmet, it has those three hypercycloids, and you see the Steelers logo, you know what time it is. You know I need to go ahead and put some extra tape on my wrist, maybe even, maybe even throw some tape on some knuckles because they might get busted, and I'm in for a 60-minute fight. And I think you have to have that type of mentality. So when the Steelers draft, they're drafting guys that understand that. They're drafting guys who identify with that because that's going to make it an easier culture buy-in. And then you have Mike Tomlin, and there's a, there, there's a standard there. He does not lose. He is not a loser. He does not have a losing season on his record, even with an odd number of games. That's what you're, that's what you're fighting, and that's what you're holding up for not only yourself – but for the generation that came before you and laid that foundation. So I think it's mentality. When you go to New England, you know what to expect. It's hard work. You've got to be smart and you've got to be flexible. When you go to Green Bay, there's a standard there. Vince Lombardi created that. And so there are certain teams where you associate greatness, accomplishment, and hard work, and I think the Steelers fall in that line and category. Max Starks joining us here on 3 and Out. And, Max, I thought the first round last night in the absence of just a bunch of quarterbacks – Kind of a microcosm if you said, hey, what do the NFL teams believe in? What do they value most? 
Uh, we valued tackles and guys to try to defeat those tackles. We valued wide receivers, six of them, plus two traded, and guys to try to shut down those receivers, all uh, running rampant there through the first round last night. Well, Kevin, I think I think the other the other bigger um, issue is this game is played on the perimeter now. Today's NFL is a perimeter game. When you talk wide receivers, corners, defensive end, outside linebacker types, edge rushers, and offensive tackles, that's all perimeter. This game is built on what can you do in the perimeter. Even when we draft running backs, how good are his hands? Can he catch out of the backfield? Can he can he pass protect? Those are the things you value versus can he run 17 guys over in a row through a brick wall? You know, those guys are few and far between. That's the Derrick Henrys of this world. But that's an old-school mentality that Tennessee has. Most of teams are wanting to be on the exteriors, 11 personnel being the number one personnel grouping last year in the NFL. That's three wide receivers. And guess what? I need enough cornerbacks to defend three said wide receivers, if not four wide receivers. So you see all of this. And what does an edge rusher do? He shortens the time that 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 cornerback has to block said wide receiver and keep him locked up because he's putting pressure on the quarterback or moving him off the point. So that's where the game is going, and you see that exterior emphasis um, for a lot of teams and protecting and shoring up your offensive line is one of those key things as well as bolstering how you attack. Can I send more than one guy? Can I send waves of defensive ends at you? Do I have enough lockdown corners and also slot guys who can play those positions. I think that's going to be the emphasis here in day two is where are my corners? Where are those interior guys to protect for blitzing? And also linebackers. I think those are the guys that are the emphasis outside of the other four quarterbacks that will go here today in day two. And that's what we kind of have to keep an emphasis on. It's edge you build out all the way through the inside. And, Max, finally, when you think about the draft, as you mentioned today, too, you still got a lot of quality players still left out there. But you being a guy that played the left tackle position at such an ordinary, extraordinary level, you look at a guy like Evan Neal, who was supposed to be the consensus number one overall pick, ends up sliding, if you want to call it a slide, still went in the top ten. You talk about the game being played on the perimeter. You talk about them guys that, that rush the passer. But – what what is more likely to be the next uh, you know uh, you know alliteration of these uh, big time players on the inside? Is it going to be the Aaron Donalds of the world and him? You know he he birthed the next generation of D tackles, or do you still think it's going to be the Javon Walkers, the Aiden Hutchinson, the Bosa brothers, Devon Millers? Do you think it's going to be inside or outside? I, I think it's still outside. I mean, it, Aaron Donald is such an outlier and a once in a generation type of player. You want those guys. You want to see them. But like you said, you're not getting Reggie White. You're not, you're not getting Trevor Price. You're not getting Bryant Young. You're not getting these amazing interior three techniques, the Warren Saps of the world, because they come few and far between. But I think you can bank on exterior guys. You know, I look at even a guy like Jermaine Johnson sliding as far as he did. Like, Jermaine Johnson was a steal at the end of the draft, and the Jets went back into that, that first-round pool to get him because he was slated as a top-ten talent. This guy was not supposed to go past the Washington Commanders. Um, and he he falls, and now it's a great value. I think everybody still values the edge because you still have Von Millers, right? Von Miller just got a hefty contract to go to Buffalo. Chandler Jones gets paid through the nose to go to Las Vegas from Arizona. They still value and covet those guys because they know it's harder to find Aaron Donald than it is to go find an edge guy. And if I can get at least volume, more often than not, I'm going to hit versus being wrong. And I think Jacksonville, yes, you got a tremendous ceiling talent for Trayvon Walker, but I still think your biggest issue is 
who did you draft number one overall last year? And what did you draft at the end of the first round at 32? You drafted a quarterback and a running back. Where do they play? In the backfield. I would have rather fortify that offense because I need you to score points in order to be competitive in this league. And I don't think they did that. And I hope that they take that type of emphasis coming into day two to really focus in on their offensive line skill building because I think because edge rushers are, are getting so different and they're so much faster, stronger, elusive, you've got to have the talent to protect them. The great Max Starks joining us here on 3 and Out. Max, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Take care. Max Starks joining us here on 3 and Out, talking about those guys that went up front and been, as, as, I, as I said, uh, just overwhelming in the first round. Receivers, cornerbacks, tackles, and edge rushers. We're, we're drafting guys to make plays, and we're drafting guys to stop them from making plays. Seems pretty straightforward. Only what? No running backs. Yeah. One quarterback. Yeah. I think maybe one interior, uh, maybe one or two interior offensive linemen, and one, one or two linebackers, mm-hmm. and that's it. Everything else, as you said, was stop me on the outside and protect on the outside. Yeah, Kevin. I mean, you, I mean, you even called it. You you had uh, you had um. You know, uh, Derek Stingley Jr. going number three overall, and then you see, then you see Sauce Gardner go number four overall, and then you get down, you know, to the Falcons. They get Drake London. Then you talking about Traylon Burks. Then you talking about Alive Hayes. Then you talking about Gary Wilson. Then you talking about, you know, Dawson out of Penn State. And then all of a sudden, you know, you talking about being able to say, "Hey, man, you get seen at the end, at you know, the, you know, the last pick of the first round of safety." But then you get a guy, you know, like Kyle Hamilton, you know, that which I think was a steal. But the thing about the National Football League, it doesn't change certain things. Some certain. You get a guy like Trevor Lawrence, you want to give him help, right? But then next thing, you know, you want to be able to build this thing. I just think that the National Football League is all about who can I have, who can I get right now to be key contributors right now. Coach Cela up there, you know, up, you know, with the Jets, he's up there yelling. I mean, I know I was doing the whole too much sauce <laughs> yeah, all night. Yeah. He was yelling sauce because because Kevin, his mind, I got the best cornerback in the draft. I think it ended up being, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think it ended up being four cornerbacks going: Kyrie Elam and McDuffie. Uh, you know, uh, you know, coming from UW, you got to have. I need a lockdown guy on the outside, and I need a slot guy. That because it's gonna be three wise. Because last time I checked, people, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, when you look at when you look at uh when you look at the Rams last year, all I'm saying is you got a lot of guys to deal with, you know. So yeah, we, I think Kevin, that when it comes to the draft, though, it's, it's it's gonna be crazy. Day two is gonna be wild. But if you win the first round yesterday, you are slighted to not just be a key contributor, a starter from day one. Yeah. Again, nobody running two back sets much uh, anymore in the National Football League. We got more to come here. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you along on this Friday, round two and three coming up tonight here in the NBA, NBA, NFL draft. Falcons will have four picks tonight. Come on. Drake London on campus there in Flowery Branch saying. You getting getting a Drake London? No, I mean, you'll you'll, uh, you'll appreciate this, though. He he goes in and he responded to uh, the tweet showing him showing up. He goes, I don't know what it is. He goes, I don't have a limp. Everybody says I just walk like an old man. That's that's from that's from him. So I got to running like an old man. <laughs> when he get out there on the field, I, I can you can walk how you want to walk. As long as it, as long as I don't you know feel like an old uh, you know an old bus door opening when he taking off on the yeah. route. You can walk you walk where I have you want to walk. Yeah, I walk like an old man. And hopefully, play faster. I mean, I mean and the thing when is, it too, comes to I would tell Drake this too. Listen, Drake, we're gonna be you know we're gonna add you to the tweet list. So. Sometimes I'm gonna be a little frustrated. I might say something you might not like, but if you ask Austin Hooper, if you respond to me, you get new contracts. You might not. Win. You get you go to Pro Bowl. I'm just saying. No, I, I like Drake. 
responding to fans showed. No, he's responding to the Falcons, putting oh, it out there. Yeah. Oh, well, responding to the Falcons showed that he has a human side to him. I, I, I think you got to learn how to utilize social media if it's going to be a part of your life. But Drake, listen, when the real bullets get to fire, yeah, all that cute stuff goes. Yeah, out run, it, run as fast as you can at that oh, at that point. Course. All right, day two, Ben. What do we expect here? The Falcons have four picks tonight, eleventh and twenty sixth in the second round. Uh, third round picks, they're at seventy four and eighty two, which are the tenth. In the 18th pick. So, a chance to get four ball players in the top 85 for a total of five. Five top 100 guys. That's not bad for a draft. Uh, so, But you got to make them count, obviously. Yeah, you do, Kevin. I, I will say this. This team needs a running back. It's not gonna. He's not going to go in the second round, right? I think he's going to go in the third. This, the two second round picks, I think you go defensive end, Kevin, because I think you still got a lot of quality depth at the defensive end position. You are losing. So, you go two? Take could, two? Well, I will say this. I, I wouldn't be surprised if your number two, your uh, your two second round picks are linebacker DN. You just traded away, or you just lost the number one tackler in the National Football. He's gone. I think you want to try to replace him with a young guy you can develop. You want to get a defensive end that can learn behind a Lorenzo Carter, right? And Kevin, what's scaring me, man? We don't put it out there. I think Grady Jarrett. I think his name is coming up in a lot of trade talks. Because, like I said, Grady Jarrett, we always talk about it, what, three sacks in the Super yeah. Bowl? You I definitely can't uh, avoid the rebuild talk if you do that, though. Well, I mean, I mean, I know Yeah, you, uh, can, you can. I know, uh, you know uh, Matt, Jake Matthews is out there going, nobody said rebuild around here. And we didn't ask you about rebuild. They, but they, since they, 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 they asked Jake how the offseason <laughs> going. Ain't nobody said no rebuild. Whoa, whoa. And, and, and the public relations guy go to PR guy like, what are you? Jake, what are you? I, I will say this. It's good to have four picks in the, in the second and third round because that's quality players. Like, I don't. It used to be a time being a former uh, second round pick. I know how much pressure is under is, is a second round pick is still under. So if you got two, you got two second rounds. You address hey, a need. Give me a quality DN. Give me a quality linebacker. And it's the two third round picks, Kevin. Do you go running back, O line? Because now, do you shy away from anything that doesn't get you more picks? I are you are you shying away from moving up because you need players plural, not just. A player. I mean, yeah, I mean you yeah. need so much. Would you rather take more players versus one really good player? I, I'd rather take more because what's a what? Because no matter what, the entire draft from pick one to pick two fifty three, that is potential. Potentially, you're getting a really really good pick, but you don't know. So I'd rather say, hmm, this is okay. The, I mean, the draft quote basket of the Atlanta Falcons. Well, last night they put a big egg in it. His name is Drake. You know, you know Drake London. He's gonna he's gonna be there. He can't crack. He's going to sit right there. Now, the eggs is going to go around him. I'd rather put more because I'd rather say, oh, man, we got us a another defensive end to go along with Lorenzo Carter. We got us another running back to kind of go along with Mike Davis. We got us another no, linebacker. I, no, I, see, this is where I think everybody's looking at it wrong because we talked earlier. Who was it? Chris Rim. We said, no, they got three running backs. You said another running back to go on with Mike Davis. I'm sorry. It is not a loyalty business. I know Mike Davis and you know Arthur Smith, uh, he likes him, but – you're on year two of a two-year deal. I'm picking a running back to replace Mike Davis. Is that wrong thinking? No. Nope. I mean, I, I mean, again, when people say you don't need a running back, no, I guess you do, because your running back position was awful. Your receiver was your leading running back. Yep. You have no running back that you believe in. Well, we love Mike Davis. No, you don't. How do I know that? Because Cordero Patterson was the leading rusher Come last on. year. So I'm looking for. I I, I I don't think it's crazy at all. I think if you take a guy in the third round, that is the guy to probably beat Mike Davis out in training camp. Oh, and Mike, Mike, no, 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 Mike, Mike, this, you know, and I'm I, not I, saying that because I have anything personal against Mike Davis, but the, the numbers 
You can get somebody that, that's well, younger well, that can do that. Well, I mean, well, think about this. Okay, if you are a veteran and you're watching the draft, right? I mean, Jamal Anderson, the 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 running back, Jamal Anderson, Dirty Bird. Yeah, he's watching the draft, working the draft, and quote his signal went out back when they drafted a running back. He's like, who they get? He go Najee Davenport. Najee. I'm just Najee saying, if, if I'm Mike Davis, I'm praying the Falcons don't draft a running back here. Listen, Mike Mike Davis knows this. You have these things called camp casualties, right? You know, you you have these things. You know, these guys. You know, I mean, you and know, he has a contract cap, worth. Cap casualty. Yeah, and he has he, a contract worth eating. I mean, quite yeah, frankly, he does. And Kevin, let's face it. I mean, we're giving you a year. I mean, what? Veterans don't get another year. Like veterans do all they can to get to that second or third contract. At this point, I should know what you are. Now, are you as fast as you used to be? No. Are you? Can you? Can you? Can you? Uh, create some level of leadership amongst the team and your position group and your part, uh, your side of the ball? Yes. Now, Mike Davis might be getting it done with the leadership part and creating uh, camaraderie. It ain't happening on the field. The first one has to be production. It has to be that. Von Miller, going to year like 12, just got a big contract with Buffalo for what he meant to the L.A. Rams defense in the postseason. I think he, So, for me, uh, Kevin, you're right. If they get a running back, Mike Davis is gone. Not Because, like you said, it ain't personal. The goal is to get younger. The, the goal is to get cheaper. And get better all at the same time. I know that sounds crazy. Young, cheap, better. Arthur Blank is not a billionaire because he spends money. No. No, but, 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 but my whole point in that is, is if you don't do anything else, why would you expect the offensive backfield to be any better? And again, Cordero Patterson, his, his value is not to be a 20-carry-a-game guy. If, if we're looking at this thing going, Arthur Smith, we're trying to build the Tennessee Titans in Atlanta, uh, well, why didn't Mike Davis play more? Yeah. And really, we know why he didn't play more, right? Because he wasn't as productive. So, to me, I, I, whenever I get talked off of uh, of running back here, I, no, I, I, I go get one because chances are, at worst, he'll be number two behind Patterson and could be a big back. And I know you went well, out and signed well, well, a, a, well, I will say this too, right? Cordell Patterson didn't play running back because, you know, we wanted to show him off. He played it because you needed him. He had to, like, yeah. Like, he had to. So, so, Kevin, think about how much gadgety, because you're going to have certain gadgets. You, you know, everybody wants a Debo Samuels, right? Cordell Patterson, he ain't Debo, but he, he's the, he's the, he's the uh, Atlanta version of it. If I got, you know, Drake, I got, uh, you know, uh, you mean I got Alden Tate, you know, I got Kyle Pitts, and I add me a running back, now I can act because Kevin. Let's face it, we don't know how the running game was actually looking at under Arthur Smith. You got Damian have, Williams. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. So I, I, I will. Say but I think if you draft somebody that what even in the third round, they got a great chance at at being number two. I mean, yeah. I, I think they really do. And you always want a veteran to show the young boys the ropes. I mean, people say they are always drafting your replacement. They are. Get not only let me let me let me tell people something. Not only are they drafting your replacement every year in a sense. What you think recruiting is? That like everything that happens in the NFL shows you in college. I'm, I'm a part of a recruiting class. You already got a bunch of players already there. I'm a part of quote the number one recruiting class. I'm the number one said position at my you know at my position. And then I got to go in there and compete. Then I got to go in there and say how can I how can I become the best player in this position group in this room? Well, what you think happened next year? Here come another recruiting class and another one. So I got to beat out the guys currently on the team and the new guys coming to the team. That's the National Football League. When I get drafted, Aaron Kenny. 
a tight end that got drafted out of the University of Florida in the second, I think at the bottom of the second, early, early third round was, was there five years before I got there. You know why he took me under his wing? Because he knows at the end of the day, while I might be grooming my, you know, while I might be grooming the guy here to take my job, he needs me. Why? Because we are reflection of each other until we are not. And quarterback is different because they're the only one out there. Well, the last thing you want is when you go to the staff meeting room and they're saying, what the hell going on with the tight ends? Because they ain't going to say, oh, EK looks good, Ben looks bad. We are a, listen, somebody told me this. Whoever you, listen, whoever you choose to marry in life is your choice. Whoever you get paired with in, 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 in business, it's not. That is not your choice. So I think, Kevin, you are right. <laughs> Mike Davis shows, look, we gave you an opportunity to be the bell cow. Sure. And it, didn't, and it didn't work. So we got to go out and get younger, get cheaper, get better. Mike Davis knows. This might be his last, you know, this might be his, watching the day might be his last day in Flower Branch right. because, like you said. Yeah, 30 seconds. Who who would you like to see him take if they go running back? Oh, my goodness, man. I mean, you, you, you're talking about Robinson from uh, from Alabama. Get one of the Georgia guys, Amir White. I mean, there's a Damian Pierce down there with the University of Florida that I would have. Like <laughs> if you're to looking for a straight power back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 think, I think, Kevin, any one of those back, because I'm sorry, any one of them at this point is going to be a better, you know, uh, Better than what we have right now with Mike Davis. We've got more to come here. Round two, right around the corner. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Second round, third round. Coming up here in just a little bit. Also, the Braves tonight starting a three-gamer against the Rangers out in Texas. Ian Anderson against Garrett Richards. Uh, Biz, the Braves try to go back-to-back winning series here. But round two and three tonight. What are we talking about on Monday as it pertains to the Falcons and Jags? Are we talking about A-pluses? Are we talking about did good enough? What do you think we're feeling after you make the splash in the first round, you get the meat here in these next rounds? The Jags got a chance to really uh, continue what they what they started last night. I mean, getting two big-time players. Uh, you know, Trevon Walker was probably going to be, you know, a guy that's going to be more of a – you know, a project guy, Kevin, to see how, like how you gonna really really use him, and then you talking about Devin Lloyd. They got a chance to you know continue on with the, with the Falcons. I'm 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 ready. I'm ready to see Terry find those uh you know uh cannonball. I want to see him jump in the pool and really get everybody wet around him. I want to see what they can do. <laughs> four picks in the next what sixty picks? You got four. Two in the second. Two in the third. Let's address some of these needs. DN running back safety O line. Because once again, Kevin. You still got a lot of needs. Like, I know they've addressed oh, certain things. A lot. <laughs> like, when people go, oh, they got Lorenzo Carter. Let me tell you something. Lorenzo Carter been in the league four years already. He signed a one-year deal. That ain't good. I mean, he's still trying to prove it to his next franchise. But I think they got a chance to make a splash. Drake London is, is you know, once again, Kevin, he's a part of the family. So, I, we could talk trash behind his back. When we see him at the family <laughs> reunion, you can't really tell him what you really said. He's really in the said. building now, yeah, right? Yeah, like, hey, there you go. Yeah, don't say nothing. What's up, Drake? All right, stop walking like an old man, man. Stop that limp. But – no, I think the, I think the Falcons got a chance to go out there really add some quality picks because I think because 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 sometimes we forget about Ke- uh, guys Kevin and then they come out and we go oh I forgot he was still out there. There's a Nicobe Dean that's out there. If you got a you know I don't know if you gonna he gonna still be around. You know you got a lot of running backs. We'll see what happens. But come on come on Terry Fondo go out there and go out there and spend some of that rookie money. Yeah, appreciate Max Starks joining us here in the final hour. Also uh, Demetrius Harvey joined us. Ryan Green ten ten XL talking some draft. With both of those gentlemen as well. If you missed any portion of the show, ESPNCoastal.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, or go to our YouTube channel at ESPN Coastal on YouTube, and you can get it archived there each and every day. Go ahead and subscribe while you're there as well. We'll see you Monday here on 3 and Out.